What's up, guys? Welcome back. Me and JD are back at it. Absolutely, and uh, we are going to dive right into today and right off the bat, crash the stream. Thanks, bud. Anyways, but so we're going to get right into it, man. Uh, wow. We've we got a couple of uh, we have a couple of a couple of stories that that we are that definitely need talking about. And we're going to we're going to kind of break them down and and uh, and give you our thoughts on them. We're going to start with uh, we're going to start with the NBA. We're going to start with the NBA. J.D., your Chicago Bulls have claimed the number one seed right now in the Eastern Conference, sitting at 25 and 10. Um, an impressive record, and they are they are on a roll right now, guy. They are hell yeah. <laughs> they are they are playing very, very good basketball. And we've talked about it for for a bit now, and they're their biggest weapon on that team and, and biggest asset is they play unselfish basketball. They don't care who scores, who leads the team that from night to night, they, they don't, they don't care. They don't care who gets the, who gets the stars of the game. They just play un unselfishly. And they're, they're sitting at, at, 25 and 10 and like we like I said to open it up leading the Eastern Conference Finals. I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on that man as a as a you know as a Bulls fan there they look pretty good man they do. Man it's been a lot of suffering. I'll tell you what man there's been a long it's been a long time since the Bulls were even remotely good uh probably about 6 years I want to say. And uh since they were even relevant, you know what I mean? Since they were, they could even make the playoffs, probably like about 10 years since they've been actually good. And it's really cool to see that we we invested in somebody like DeMar DeRozan. We didn't even pay him max dollars at all, but he's playing like a max player. And it just goes to show that everyone has so much to contribute. These NBA players are so gifted, a lot of them, and they have so much to give the game. It, like if you put them in positions to succeed, you look at kind of like an Isaiah Thomas. I know that's that's a little bit outlandish to think about him right now because he's kind of like a 15th, 16th man. He, I think he just got waived again. But like if you put him in position to, to win, he scores 30 points a game. But then in uh, but then you put DeMar DeRozan in a position like Popovich did. He's got like only like maybe just under 20 points, maybe 20 points a game, something like that. But then you put him in Billy Donovan's system where it emphasizes mid-range and in-and-out play and everything like that and unselfish mm -hmm. ball, and he's just as good as anybody. He's he's one of the best top 10, 15 players in the entire game when you put him in that system. So it's amazing what some of these guys have for skill, uh, and it's, it's amazing how diverse and different this Bulls team is. Uh, it really does remind me of the Raptors of 2019 um, and potentially the Pistons of 2005, 2004, where you just have all these different parts and they kind of work together really well. And it doesn't matter what the stats are. Everyone's kind of really, really good and they can all go off. I love to see those types of teams. And I'm really hoping Matt Barnes said that the Bulls are his favorite to win the NBA title. Man, that would be something, man. That would be absolutely something to see. Not no no doubt, man. It 
it uh it it would like i said dave the 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 offs like like talk about a a, a killer off season too they they found a lot of these guys and you know what a lot of them were cast offs were, yes. were, were you know they were demar derozan was forgot cast about off. you know what i mean they, they were they were they were you know kind of other people's garbage that they let go and just said go ahead Nobody wanted DeMar DeRozan. Nobody cared about DeMar DeRozan. They kept lowballing him. We offered him the most money, and to me, that's not even that much money to what he, it's for his performance level. He's outperforming his contract already. And I think that he gets off on – I think DeMar gets off on proving everyone wrong right now. This year really is, is exciting, and I'm not trying to speak for him, but I think that definitely – just being snubbed, being traded for Kawhi, and then being snubbed in free agency, except by the Bulls. I think that definitely motivated him to come out and have a really good year. The rule changes, which we've talked about on this channel, and I have a video on my channel about that, is is the just the well, like our video basically. But that that definitely helped Demar Derozan, just emphasizing the mid range game, checking people at the three point line. All right, well, you're gonna check Zach Levine at the three point line. You're gonna check Lonzo at the three point line. Here you go, Demar, go work in the middle. And Demar loves that. Oh man, he loves to work on that in in the middle in the elbow. It's he's he's phenomenal, and it's it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see. What's it's up, good What's up, guys? So let me ask you a question. Why why have the like like as a as a legitimate like like contender? You know, like a legitimate contender now, title contender. You know, possible as a legitimate possible title contender, the Bulls. Why does it fit? Why does it fit, dude? Why does it fit well? Why does it all? Why does all this fit well? Because I just said they they this was other like a lot of these guys were other people's. Do you think it's it's they're all playing with a chip on their shoulder because they were cast offs from other people? I think you said you've said it twice or you said both of the things the chip on the shoulder cast away and then the fact that that they uh no one really believed in them so that's the chip on the shoulder but what was the other thing oh yes uh just just the um just the overall like chemistry of the team the unselfishness so it's the unselfishness and it's the chip on the shoulder i think that's what gets them going now i think and this is and i'm a bulls fan okay like so i don't want to be too like down or negative or anything like that but i think this team is either the raptors of 2019 where they're going to make a super deep playoff run compete with the best of them and then kind of flame out or keep in mind or we could be the uh pistons and kind of have a sustained run or the third option and i hope this isn't the case we could be the 2000 i think 14 atlanta hawks where they were the number one seed in the in the league there was they won almost 60 games they played really really well and then they just completely got dominated in the playoffs by by lebron james and other superstars see that's what i'm worried about i'm worried about star power so that's 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 uh how does it work it works with unselfishness and the chip on the shoulder how far can that take you i don't know i'm hoping it takes us all the way See, that's the biggest, that's the biggest question though, is, is how, like, like you, ju you just said it, how far can, can like a bull, can the Bulls team go, can the Bulls team go on pure guts and, and, and determination, you know, how far will that take you? Will, will it take you to the finals or will, will it take you to the Eastern conference final and, and have to, 
See, I think Good. for the Bulls to get to the finals, they're going to have to go through um, the Bucks. I think they're going to have yeah. to go through them. They're, they're, I don't think they're going to have a choice. They're going to have to go through Milwaukee. And I'll tell you one thing, that's going to be one hell of a series. If it ends up being Bulls, Bucks, that that's if, – if the Bulls can beat Giannis, I think they can – it's going to be awfully interesting. That's all that I'll have to say. In, in my opinion, we are witnessing right now prime DeMar DeRozan. This is like legit prime DeMar DeRozan. He's never going to be better than he is right now, and he's really, really good. But my question is, for the Bulls team, like if I was in a room with them, I'd be like, all right, boys, all right, listen, we're going to the playoffs now, and obviously we're really far away. I mean, shoot, they might not even make the playoffs this year. They could fall off completely from grace, but let's assume <laughs> they do. We're going into the playoffs. We have the mentality, okay, they got superstars on their team. They have champions on their team, like the Bucks talking about. They have champions on their team. Who's going to be our superstar? Because it's not DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is an amazing second or third option. Really good. Like the best second or third option you could ask for. But he's not the superstar. So who's the superstar? Is it is it Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine kind of both being good stars together? Is that your second superstar? Because you need at least two superstars. You got two stars and a star. But here's the thing. Is it Lonzo? Is it Levine? Is it both? Or is it just Levine? We need someone. That's why I cannot wait for the playoffs. I'm so excited for it because the playoffs are where stars are born. Like Trey Young, people were like, oh, no, I feel about Trey Young. He, he's wishy-washy. He's inconsistent sometimes. Now, because of last year's playoff run, he is Trey Young. He's Trey Young now. Like people understand who that is, what that means, 45 and 15 a night sometimes in the playoffs. Yeah. Who's our guy like that? Who's going to say, all right, it's playoff time. I'm going to bolt my numbers up and just be a beast on every single end of the floor. That's yeah. what I'm excited to see. I'm, I can't wait for it. I really can't. It's just so exciting. I'm going like to watch every second. something from, from CBS Chicago Sports to get your thoughts on it. All right. Okay, deal. They got a lot of crap on there. Let's listen. All right, so I'd like <laughs> to read you something here. This is from uh, former NBA forward Matt Barnes. Oh, yeah, um, yes. And he said, he says, this says, Barnes said on ESPN's NBA Today that Chicago's ceiling is the 2022 NBA Finals. So he thinks they can make it. He goes on to say, this is a very talented team, and they're still getting better. Barnes expressed that DeMar DeRozan was having one of the best seasons in the NBA. And True. DeRozan still isn't satisfied with where he's at and still wants to get better. He goes on to that. say, Barnes goes on to say, it's not to disrespect Miami, Brooklyn, or the Bucks. This Chicago team is right in the mix with them. It's set. And then it says the Bulls added more separation in the Eastern Conference standings by beating the Orlando Magic, the Orlando Magic, since Barnes attached himself to Chicago to the Chicago Bulls bandwagon. Barnes <laughs> Barnes vote does not. It's, this says Barnes vote does have some weight as the 14 year journeyman did hoist up. 
the Larry O'Brien Trophy in 2017. The NBA champion did say on Monday on Monday's show that he predicted the Bulls to exceed preseason expectations and be the surprise of the NBA season. He says, quote, I don't want to root my own. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I called this at the beginning of the season. Barnes said, what do you think of that? Well, there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. Um, they already are the surprise of the NBA season. So that's definitely a thing um, already. Like even if they just won 40 games, they'd be the surprise of the season because people didn't expect them to, uh, to play this well together. As far as DeMar DeRozan, I think that some of it, some of DeMar DeRozan, his success, like I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm like denigrating him in any way because he clearly has made improvements. He's clearly a really great player, and he's a, he's an all star player. There's no question. But a lot of it has to do. He was always this good. A lot of it has to do with the rule change, and people are not talking about the rule change, especially the main mainstream media. They will not talk about it. I don't know why. Uh, it's almost like. I think it has to do with LeBron somehow. I, I don't know how, but I think it has to do with LeBron. Anyway, the rule change that you can check people at the line, at the three point line has, it, it, you know, it, it took its toll early on. I think it's still taking its toll with James Harden, but then it makes people, you got to understand how basketball works. It's like a flow. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and every, most, yeah, you've seen, you've seen a million games. You know what it is? It's a flow. So mm -hmm. when you, when your flow is that, Oh, I can check you at the three point line. What's open mid-range usually because people hustle down to the paint but not everyone's in position so what's open the mid-range is open demar Rosen has always had mid-range skills but it used to be an analytics game where he was being marginalized all right demar shoot a three all right demar dunk it and so that's all he's doing is shooting threes and dunking that's not his game his game is to break you down in on the elbow and mm -hmm. that's a lost art he you know demar plays like all like he plays like we all want to play you know what i mean just like just cook you basically like cook yeah, you. from like, the elbow just, just shoot yeah shoot just, from the elbow all day long yep and just constantly wreck you so no it's it's, it's like yeah, i agree with a lot of what he's saying i definitely i think that not a lot of us saw it coming and and i would just add that a lot of it has to do with the rules and chemistry like to the unselfishness is unbelievable no one expected that i don't think i didn't expect that how unselfish i don't even they are. think carnos carnos of it I don't think I don't, I don't think even so. think AK expected them to gel this this good. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think Vucevic definitely just anchoring down the center position that definitely has always that helps. You know, he brought a team to the NBA uh, or to the playoffs. He brought the magic to the playoffs. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that he definitely helps too. But DeRozan, he deserves a lot of credit, no question. I think a huge part of it, a big part of it too, kind of like an unsung part of the Bulls is their bench is playing really good too. Oh, they're so deep. They're, they're such a deep team. Really, their bench is playing really, really good too. And that, oh yeah. I mean, it, you've seen, you've seen how far teams can go with a deep with a deep bench. It that will that will carry you. A deep bench will take you to the finals. <laughs> It will. Caruso can drop 30 and get three steals if he absolutely needs to, and he's given the ball. Kobe White can drop 30, and he's pretty he's pretty big. Yeah, they have a good team. They have a good team. They could use maybe one more center behind Vucevic, but 
they have a good team. They have a good team, and they're about as good as anybody. It's it's pretty cool, honestly. I love to see it. Uh, and it is shocking. That's the, the Bulls season has been shocking. Like let's let's all acknowledge that. Even as a Bulls fan, I I was hoping for the best, but not expecting this much this much success. I knew they were going to be good. I knew they were going to be, or I should say, I knew they were going to be much improved. From right. I didn't know they were going to be this good though. Signing to Rosen to be this good this fast. I, I knew that would help a little bit. I was like, well, that's sir, that's that's our forward guard position. That's you know we have some depth there now, so that definitely helped. Lonzo, I think Lonzo helped change the culture. I think I think he helps change the culture. Uh, doesn't I, get talked a lot. Everyone has a lot. A lot, a lot of those guys. I think a lot. Like like we hit on it at the beginning. It's 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 we said it we said it at the beginning. It's those guys have have they all they 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 looked at each other. I think when they when they built that you know when AK brought them in, and I think they I think he he must have said, look, teams didn't believe in you guys, and we brought you together, and look at what you're look like. It's it's like. It's kind of like a giant, like fuck you to the rest of the league. It's like, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like, especially for DeRozan that's, and, that's and what, Lonzo and Lonzo. But that's what I'm saying. It's how these are. So you wanted to cast up. You wanted to just cast these guys aside. We're gonna take them and we're gonna show you what their potential really is. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, we actually have room for pretty much one more good player with like the amount of money. It, our Arturis Knosovis is a shining example of what a good GM can do for you in one season. Literally, like, you have bad GMs for 10 years. One season he takes over. Like, I can't wait to see what he does next. It's just next offseason, I'm like, man, he's going to he's gonna be an incredible GM for a long time, I think. I really do. I don't think this was a one-off. I think this was circumstantial success, which is like, yeah. We just got a few guys that we thought would be good, and all of a sudden, bam, we're really good. Like I think that's what it is. I don't think this was by design. A huge point. Somebody just put it in the live chat. When Pat Williams comes back, too. Yeah. Yeah, and defense that wing. If he yeah, can even come back this year, that'd so be beautiful. They're, they're playing this good without a piece like him. Yeah. And then they get him back. And Yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. Like a guy... Was he six nine athletic? Yeah, I mean that's it's going to be great. It's it's great to watch. It really is. Like it's it's, it's going to make our team even bigger, stronger down in the paint. It's uh it's exciting. It really is. What's up, Water King? What's up, Jared? Sleeping Angels talks. What up? But, so let's move. So we started off in the Windy City with Chicago, and now let's travel east on the Pike to a team that's back into Boston, and let's talk about a team that's not so good. Oh, oh man. This Celtics. Now, Celtics. I don't like to rub it in people's faces that much. Yeah, you no, do. No, let me take that back. I like to rub it in people's faces. Let, let me let me take that back. Don't lie to them. Don't lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So, listen. I told you guys so. I told you so. I told you so. This team... How, this team is, first of all, let, let's let's talk right. The Brown and Tatum are two are two very good shooters. They they can score. Both of them can score. Can score. No, no, I am not debating that in any way 
shape, or form. Both of those guys are very skilled shooters. They can score and they can they can drive to the basketball. They when they play aggressive, they're they're hard to stop. You know, they they get the calls and they they know how to work the you know the, they know how to work their way to the rim and get the call. You know, I sure. am not debating that in any way, shape, or form. But they are fucking selfish, and all they care <laughs> about each one of those guys is is their their points. I need my stats. I need my stature. I need to build my brand and fuck the team. That's that's what it that's what it is. And that's not just those two. It's the there's multiple guys on that team that just care about their brand, their stature, and that's it. Tatum and Brown are more concerned about making an all-star game than they are about winning an NBA title because that's what that's what makes they're building they they care about building their own brand over building the Celtics. And when was the last time you watched a Celtic game and said, wow, those guys pulled together and closed <laughs> that game out and pulled a gritty, pulled a gritty win out, right? How Usually many it's times just like ISO. Look, look at a team like the Bulls. So a perfect example, per- the Bulls play together as a team. They've been able to get these gritty wins. They've been down in the fourth quarter, you know, with six, eight minutes to go, pull it together, grind it out and win by, you know, win by two, two, three, four, six points at the end of games. And they step on the opponent's throat at the end and win. You know, they, they close it out and they leave no doubts. This team is a group of individuals and not a team. And without wholesale change, JD, I don't think we're going to see any type of anything. I don't think without wholesale changes, um, we're not going to see anything better than a 500 team. I I think it's I think it's becoming fairly evident, like that, and I, and I I don't know when this stopped being a thing, but these GMs need to realize that certain guys just don't play together well, and that's just a fact. They just are not going to play together well. Tatum and Brown, Simmons and Embiid. They're not going to play together well. That you might you might get all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, but it's going to unravel slowly, and that's what we're seeing right now. Obviously, they have to choose. In my opinion, you have to choose one because you can't tear it all down. That just wouldn't make any sense. But I know what you mean. You have to you have to literally like scrap at least half the team. You do yeah. in order to build a new culture. So you got to choose which one wants to win more. And, which and one is more honest, of a Celtic, right? Let's be honest and upfront. Tatum is going to be the last bridge that they detonate to rebuild this. You know what I mean? He they is seem going to love to be him. The last bridge that they have to, because so I don't know how from an outside, but like to me, they they drafted Tatum and Brown, two really good young, immature built like they were just young building blocks that they had a ton of hope for when they when mm-hmm. they drafted them. They had a ton of hope that they could develop and you know and and they could develop into into you know top 15 top 20 guys in the league you know what i mean right something and this is what what really gets me something and i think you had hit it on the head before something stunted that development because they had got they got to a certain point that they were sharing the basketball when uh, when they were and i I you hit it on the head before when you said Kyrie Irving came into town, he 
I think when you had said he poisoned their attitude and inflated their egos and, and just completely, I think, caused them in their development to go in a direction that was not good for the team. Absolutely. What I what I said um, in in a video, multiple videos actually, because I was very like right when Kyrie was traded, I was like, this is a disaster. Like I, I didn't like it immediately. Um, and, and what I what I said after I saw it bake for a year, um, this is like my last video on it, is that the Celtics pre Kyrie Irving, so the Isaiah Thomas Celtics that made it to the Eastern Conference Final. Let's talk about that team for one second, and then we'll reference where we get where we are now. Is that that team? Had had actually all of the Celtics teams leading up to this point, and it just shows you how one person could do so much. But all the Celtics teams leading up, so like from 1960 to 2015, the Celtics have a culture of unselfishness. Boston, in fact, and has grit, a culture. Dude, they grit. You know what I mean? Gritty. They were able to get these gritty wins. We, what's the best matchup who you know that's who we're gonna feed you know what i mean like mm-hmm. kevin McHale would drop 60 and and ori would drop 40 sometimes like whoever had the best that's in when it was the celtics with isaiah thomas and uh and tatum and all them it was who has the best matchup that's who's getting oh terry rosier's got a good matchup give him the ball we don't care doesn't matter whoever has the best matchup that was the culture they had they built they carved it out and then they traded for kyrie irving and they did so on the under the guys. If you remember that Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens, they basically said they were like, "Well, well, you look at Isaiah Thomas. He's such a limited uh, player, even though he's an excellent scorer. He's such a limited player, and look at how successful he was under Brad Stevens' system. They thought it was a system or something. When in reality, it's chemistry. There's there's the system and there's chemistry. Uh, people have to like playing with each other. Kyrie Irving came in. And there was so much drama. It was every single day. There was a new story out about Kyrie or Tatum doesn't like this or Marcus Smart said this or Brown said this. And they have not recovered since then. They Kyrie's been gone two years. It's hard to believe. It's been gone two years now. This will be, this will be a second year. And he's still... He's still like in that locker room whispering to people like, hey, you know, you're better than that guy. You're better. You're actually better than that guy. And there's they're arguing with each other. So I agree with you. They have to blow it up. They have to rip out the cancer. They have to choose which cancer to keep because you got to keep one cancer because they're a talented cancer. But you got to rip out one of those cancers and you got to find find some sustenance because this team is rotting. Now. Like, let's let's be honest here. I said it before. Tatum is. Should they go with Jason Tatum? I, me personally, I would, I would actually take Brown over Tatum because of you said that, yeah, because of the attitude. He is more likely to be, to he's more likely. I think, I think Ime Odoka is more likely going to be able to convince him that if we share the bet, you know, like he's going to be more. Of it, he he'll have more of that team player attitude than Tatum will, and like I said, don't don't get me wrong. Tatum is an incredible scorer. He is, but his attitude sucks. It's it's a it's a chemistry killer. That type you- of an attitude is a chemistry killer. And then it and I'm gonna place blame on the whole organization. I'm talking from ownership from Grossbeck 
all the way down to the players them the individual players themselves the the biggest the one of the biggest problems the Celtics have are the Celtics their own worst enemy they are their own worst enemy you remember that those couple of years where Danny Age spent all this collateral gathering picks together and everybody thought he was yeah. going to make these big, uh, they you call know, him he, a genius well, that's what I mean. That for those for those couple of years that he he, I think he spent three seasons just gathering all these picks together, and that was right around when Kevin Durant and all these big like top ten guys were becoming free agents. Remember, there mm-hmm. was like there was oh, that yeah. one season that Durant and like three or four other really big names were under free were were free agents and searching for new teams or could be wooed from other teams to you know from their. Could you imagine. Team. They had oh all these picks, and they had mul- Danny Ainge had multiple opportunities to package some of those picks and some of the players we had at the time to get some of these guys. You know, to get some of these these guys on on the Celtics. The Celtics are their own worst enemy. Their upper management overvalues their own guys. The only like. The only person that should be there should be one person on this team that's untouchable, and the office, the front office, needs to pick whether it is Tatum or Brown, and everybody else is 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 on. Everybody else they should be taking phone calls for, and then last and not least, so the ownership and the coaching absolutely gets blamed for it. Last and but not least, the the Celtics have not had a good bench in years. Yeah, in years. Since Terry it, it, Rozier left. It's been years since they've had a good, solid bench that they could rely on to take pressure off the starters. Mm-hmm. Ime Odoka, Brad Stevens, they, th- their bench has been terrible. Yeah, it's 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 so true. It's so true. And I, and I agree with you. They have to. The reason why they have to. Here's the thing. The reason why they have to do what you just said, to add on to your point, is that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are individual talents. The difference is, uh, or the, the the person you can compare them to, the people you can compare to, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Two guys, right? They do the same thing. They do, literally do the same thing. Like, they shoot. Now, Curry is obviously an, an elite ball handler and a, an amazing point guard. But they're both guards, and they shoot the ball. So you would think, well, that's my thing. I can't have another guy doing that, but it works. And they won three championships with Kevin Durant, but they won one championship, just those two being the main offensive catalysts and stuff like that. So those guys grew up together. They were drafted. They grew up together and they built a winning culture together. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are individuals growing separately on the same team. And that's mm-hmm. not that's not a teammate that's not going to build a winning culture. You have to choose... Who leads your culture? They chose Steph Curry, and the Celtics haven't chose. The Celtics still haven't chose. It's been like three years, and they haven't chose. Like the, 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 first, want, it was Kyrie. You tell you what? You want me to tell you why I think they haven't chose? Because I don't think they believe in either one of them. I think deep down, here's a hot take for for hot you, take. Celtics Nation. <sighs> here's a hot take for you: the the Celtics don't believe in either one of them. I think Damn. they see they see where this is going with Tatum and Brown and Damn. they realize that they they realize that they're probably Tatum Brown and Smart 
and the the rest of the two like but this those three take. guys in particular something has got to give and i think and i truly think that the reason why they haven't chose cuz they don't believe in any one of them i don't Damn. think they believe enough in any one of them to be like we're going to go with this guy i don't i don't think they believe in him enough to do that holy crap I, yeah i didn't take. even think of that and at you know all. what and that scares the crap out of upper management because yeah, then they go then then upper management you got Brad Stevens and and Grossbeck going oh shit what do we do now the walls are closing in now you know what i mean cuz you're literally burning money at this point if that's the case if you don't oh man i didn't even think about that it, it's very possible that's the thing it's cuz that's the thing the, the it's not even Embiid and, and Simmons because the Philadelphia 76ers are all in on Simmons and have been for th- – or excuse me, not Simmons, not Simmons, Embiid. Embiid. They're all in on Embiid. Embiid is our guy. Simmons, yeah, well, take him or leave him. But Embiid is our guy. That's literally what they are. You're right. The Celtics fandom is not necessarily sold on Tatum. So why would the management be? You're that, I didn't even think about that, actually. You got the pulse of the nation. They're not of- sold on either one of them. I'm just saying, to me, the more moldable, coachable – player that i would like to have um hey, hey joe galloway shout out to, shout out to joe appreciate that man member king so the i see as when it comes to the me the celtics i'm old school i want a guy that's coachable i want a guy that's gonna play for the team you know that's mm-hmm. gonna use his teammates and that's gonna elevate the team to play better around him I think Brown's more capable of doing that than Tatum because he actually cares about the team. I don't think Tatum cares one bit about. It. I think there's a bunch of bullshit and lies that that the, that we're being fed as Celtic fans that Tatum cares about the team. No, he don't. No, he doesn't. Bro, that that's actually a really really good point too because the, remember whenever there was uh there was there was rumors that and obviously AD didn't do this, but like AD was going to get traded for Tatum to the Celtics basically. And Tatum like leaned into those rumors. He was like, well, yeah, whatever. We'll see what happens. And he was okay with it because you don't want to know why, what would happen? Because if AD was traded to this, you want to know why Tatum is the way he is. And the way, because if a legitimate superstar, it's almost like you act like a gangster until a real gangster walks in the room. Tatum acts like a superstar until a real superstar walks in the room. Damn. That's interesting. Tatum, and you know, Tatum, and here's, I'm telling you, I don't yeah. mean, to, dude, I told you I was going to flame these guys today. I wasn't happy. Tatum is fake it till you make it. Oof. Damn. See, I see Tatum like a Paul George, but I, you know, it, it's hard to say when you when he's losing like this. Paul George at least had a couple fifty win seasons as the guy. Tatum wasn't even the guy when he had a fifty win season. So uh, just, it's tough to say. Yeah, they they, they haven't points. chosen the Celtics. Haven't made a decision between Brown and Tatum because I don't think they believe in either one of them enough to go to say with vigor and with conviction. That this is our guy. This is our. And why guy. would they? No one's taking the lead either. That's that's a good. No one's taking the lead, man. Like no one's saying like, "All right, it's my team." And if they do, the other guy goes, "Actually, it's my team." But at some point, you either got to say it's our team or it's this guy's team. You can't just kind of be wishy washy. Wishy washiness no. 
is how you end up out of the playoffs. That's that's how you end up out of the playoffs. Well, for it sure. gets you nowhere too. What does it accomplish? Nothing. You have to pick a direction. It, I'll, I respect the teams that that pick a direction and just see it through. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then they start and they go again. But this team has no direction. There's they're a ship without a rudder. What if? Here's another hot take. Everybody, put on your here, put on your hat. I just thought put of on this. Put the tinfoil hats. Put it on, dude. What if they re-signed Isaiah Thomas? I know he's older. I know he's older now, but he dropped sixty in that one league, and then he comes into the NBA. He went, uh, I think it was eleven for like sixteen or something like that. What do they have to lose? Even off the bench, what do they have to lose? Like, who's their starting point guard right now? Isn't it Marcus no, Smart? I, I know. They're the the Celtics have two biggest problems. Chemistry, you might as well chemistry and leadership because even teams that even the teams after the 2008 championship at least they played for one another you know what i mean yes at least yeah. they played for one another and played for the team and truly enjoyed playing as a team this team hates each other what Kevin Garnett almost dropped like 30 points a game at one point, but when he went to the Celtics, he only had like 18 points a game and was the defensive juggernaut. Like this, he was the this yeah. team hates each other, JD. Don't and don't let them Boston media. I'm telling you, if you're a Celtic fan, do not listen to the Boston media telling you that because they're trying to blow a rainbow up your ass. It, it's the, yeah, this team, this that. team does not like each other it doesn't they yeah. don't like they don't because if if they so there were multiple times in the game last night and don't i the, i might have not have streamed the game but i watched that game from start to end and listen there were multiple times in that game where tatum or brown had the basketball and the smart play would be to push the ball up the court because people were in better positions to shoot than them and what they do they kept it for themselves, played iso ball, drove and drove to the hoop. Yeah, that's just not going to do it, man. It's just not going to do it. You you have to play aggressive for each other. You have to play aggressive for the team and just let the chips fall. And uh, I, I think you should be going for. And this is the biggest problem I think with a lot of uh, new stars in the league. They look for stats and they look for the wrong stats. You should be if you're a young guy. You should be looking. All right, man. I want to. I want to shoot above fifty percent for the field. I want at least five assists, and I want to make sure that my plus minus is really good on defense. I want to make sure my defense is really good. I don't want anyone scoring on me. That's you. That one. That's the actual smart mentality to do it and let the chips fall. But instead, guys are like, I gotta get to thirty tonight. That is not see, the right that's mentality. Jason Tatum on a on a that's nightly basis. It. I have to get. It's me. 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 I care about me. I care about my stats. I care about me making the all-star game. And I don't give never a shit if work my out. teammates make the all-star game. I care if I make the all-star game. I gotta get my I gotta get my shots. Me, me, me. That's what that's what Tatum and Brown are about are all about. And that's what a lot of the NBA is about. And that's why a lot of these teams that have these superstars suck. Because it's no, yeah. me, me, me. All exactly. It, it's it's I need to make sure I get mine and then maybe the team can get theirs, too. And that's never going to work out. DeMar DeRozan, the fascinating thing. We, I know we were, we were talking about that earlier, but the thing with the Bulls is the reason why he fits so well is because he's feeding off of others. Mm -hmm. He's saying, oh, Lonzo's getting me open. OK, I'll take this shot. 
he's not saying, all right, give me the ball. I need to ISO to make sure I get my, my stats. That's just not going to work out. And another guy I look at is Bradley Beal. And uh, that's somebody who the Celtics could get for, for a guy. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. That's a guy who he was the only guy for a long time on the team. Now he's got a bunch of guys to play with, and his stats are going down. See, some of these guys, like you said, they're they're fake superstars, kind of like they're stars. Yeah, they're obviously you talented. Like a real, you act like a gangster until a real gangster walks. Once in. a real gangster walks in, you know what's up, though. You you know when Steph Curry walks in, Tatum he's about to torture like your ass superstar, up. But when he walks on the same court as Steph Curry, he's not even on the same freaking league. Nobody really is, in my opinion. But you know, like, Giannis, like, yeah. even like even like guys like Bradley Beal. Yeah, Tatum Tatum isn't as good as Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is a better. I would take Beal over Tatum in a. I would too, heartbeat. actually. Yeah, right. Right now, for the next three years, yeah, I would. Uh, Beal's a little older, but yeah, I would take him. Sure. Even a guy like da- even a guy like Dame Lillard, because he's oh, got yeah. grit in a heartbeat. But, this, but you know what I mean? He's got grit. He's got fight. He's that's another thing too. Like it's let's clutch. So, but like just before I close my Celtic rant out, sure, because. This fucking team has given me gray hairs and 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 this team has given me gray hairs and heartburn this year. That's what it's given me. <laughs> gray hairs and heartburn. My <laughs> so it's, it's they're missing fight. Like one of the things that we could depend the most on as Boston sports fan, if you're gonna as Boston sports fans is if you could if you beat our team, we ain't going down without scratching and clawing and fighting you to the very end of these games in any sport. You know right. what I mean? Basketball, football, hockey, baseball. If you beat a Boston team, the pride of Bo- the 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 thing that Boston bases its its existence on is that if you beat us, you're gonna have to beat us. We're not gonna let. We're not just gonna roll over and and let you and let you win this game. You know, like we're gonna fight you tooth and nail to the end. And this Celtic team this year has no fight, no heart, and no balls when it matters the most. And that's. That's that's a shame too. That's a shame because that is that's an insult to the fans that show up every night and and, and sell the garden out every night. The the product that these that this team is putting on the court is is no it is so like the fans deserve better. Yeah, the, the they're they're going against what made the Celtics great. It's it's like they don't even know the culture of Boston. It's that's what they're doing. It's it's kind of like it'd be like if you went into Chicago and and just started uh, being like a, a, a pansy. You know what I mean? Like you're just like you you were scared of everything and you played scared all the time. It's it's kind of like Matt Nagy. Yeah, it's like Matt Nagy. That's a good example. It's like when you're wishy washy and you don't really know and you you know. The, what we like is we like you to tell us how it is like Mike Ditka and stuff. That's how, that's our culture. Mike Ditka is like, Oh, here's how it is. I don't give a crap about this. Celtics culture is you better be a team player or not even Celtics. Boston culture is you better be a team player. You live and die for the city and you live to win. This is title town. That's yeah. Boston's. Yeah. Red hour back. Yeah. That's a good point, Rick. Yeah. Red hour back Celtics. It's like, man, these are the Celtics, bro. You can't be an ISO player and be on the Celtics. That's against the culture. Go to join the Lakers. Go join the Bulls. You don't do that with the Celtics. That's just not the Celtics. So that's kind of my point of this with Boston. It's like, that's not the Patriots. That's not the Celtics. But it's just, that. that's that's all my, I mean, I don't mean to rant, but that's just my point. It's, it's, no, it's true. The, the fan, like the product that's being put on the court for Celtic fans is they deserve better. And the, the upper man, upper management coaching and GM, they need to be better. 
the the fans deserve better than what they're and if that means and if that means tearing it down brick by brick block by block and keeping one guy or you know if that's what it means tearing it down and rebuilding then before we move on it down and rebuild before we move on though who would okay so let's say you get your way let's say let's say this happens like even by the trade deadline when is that next month Next month, the trade deadline, March. It's next month, yeah. Next the month, trade deadline is next month. Let's say the Celtics just flame out and just suck for like two weeks, and uh, and um, excuse uh, what's his name? Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is all right, man. I'm the new GM. Okay, I'm sick of your attitude, Tatum. We're trading you. Who do you want? Do you want a player? Do you want picks? Do you want to keep Brown too? What, what would you do if you put your GM hat on and this is your team? And you want to do something to for the long term success of the of the Celtics? I would move Tatum. I would move Tatum in picks. I would try to. I would try to. I would go with Jason. I would go. I would go with Brown, and I would try to get him another star, at least a one one stud to try and work with. Would you want Lillard, Beal? Uh, one of those guys. Lillard or Beal would work for me, and then I would go from there. But I, I would. Tatum, and here's the thing too. Tatum's value is never going to be higher than what it is. Crom right says now. get young, get younger. Yeah, Tatum's Tatum's value. Well, it's it, you're Tatum's right. Tatum's value it's, is it's never sinking. going to be higher than it is right now. This yeah, season. it was higher, but now it's yeah. You're right. But this is He's what not I mean. going to get never, higher. Yeah, it's never going to get better. You're that, right. That's it's what not going to get better. At. His yeah. value is the highest that it's going to be right now. You're 100 right about that. That's that's just a fact. Like is a Celtic unless you just completely turn it around this season, his value will not get higher. I agree. And I don't see how they do turn it around. I don't think they have the guys to do it. Like you said, uh, yeah, I don't think they have the guys to do it, but so you, you would move Tatum. Um, would you move smart Horford? I don't think you can move Horford. You can't really move Horford. Can you smart for the right for, yeah, if the, if, for the, for the if there's the right package and the right I get the right return, yeah, I would do smart too. Oh, dude, nobody. Trajic. Nobody, dude. I'd love to see Luca in a Celtic uniform. Uh, Goran Dragic too. Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah, Luca in a Celtic. Oh my god. Oh, he <laughs> he would change that culture at heartbeat for sure. I, I I just but this is what I mean. Wholesale changes need to happen, or we are going to continue to see a 500 team every year. They're 500, yep. dude. They are a they are a 500 team, and they are going to continue to be one, un- unless upper management and and these guys really start taking a hard look at at the team itself. Until wholesale changes are are made, the team is not going to get any better. And it's yeah, disappointing I, because the fans deserve better because the garden is packed every night, packed. Well, yeah, and it's the it's these fans are this is like the people who witnessed the uh, I agree, Karam, he's not leaving Dallas. Uh, the people who witnessed the um, uh, the the Celtics fans, the oldest Celtics fans who witnessed the uh, Darian, why is his name Bill Russell era? Thank you, God, Bill Russell, you know uh, Havlicek era. Those guys, they're starting to die. They're starting to get old and pass away. Yeah. So they deserve better. Those guys deserve better. The ones who have stuck it with through 55 years or something like that. So those guys definitely do. They've seen, but see, like they've like 
Russell and the, the Russell Havlicek area, and then into the seven, you know, into the seventies and eighties with Bird. Oh yeah, Bird. And- um, um, that was like those teams were greatness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they finally got back in 08. They got back to it. You know, they they won the title. They won in 2008. And it was, it, it, they've just come so far. Like, there's such a far cry from what the Celtics, like, used. Like, I love the Celtics. I love the Boston team. But this team gives me nothing but heartburn and, and gray hair. It, it's and they're just hard to watch, dude. Like that game yesterday, I watched the whole game. It's just tough to watch. It's the product is so bad. You know what would, and this is just like if everything went right, I think like you trade you trade Tatum for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and a draft pick. I call me insane. I think that would that would, would do that'd be pretty big. Pick, though. I would want a high draft pick. <clears throat> I yeah, I mean yeah, that would be something. It, it, like let's say the Sixers flame out this year, completely flame out. I could see that being something to shake things up. I don't know if they trade in division though like that. I, I don't know if they'd want to see each other like that. So uh, it's just a thought I had. But yeah, the, the, the Celtics culture, it's it's so ancient, you know what I mean, in sports history that like yeah. you really can't it's it just shows you how rare it is man and how hard it is to sustain those things um yeah. it's amazing when they when it is able to be sustained all right so let's uh let's let's transition to a different team now we'll stick with the nba um let's talk russ let's talk some russ westbrook for a second here real oh, for one second and then we'll move on to some football We'll we'll move on to some NFL stuff, but let's let's talk Russ Westbrook real quick. Um, oh. Westbrook accounts for five turnovers in a game on multiple games. He's done this not once, not twice, but mo- like multiple games this season. He's accounted for five or more turnovers in a game. He's like averaging almost. Five. Is he? Is he a detriment to the? to that team do you think he's he's a detriment to that team and should they move on oh they have to move on they have to move on the the lakers absolutely if they want if they if they want any chance if lebron wants any chance at a title ever he has to move on now we talked about this early on in the podcast history i think it was the first like i think it was the third episode maybe we talked about the fact that the Lakers had traded for us Westbrook. And we said, and I said, I, I remember saying, you know, okay, let's say LeBron gets hurt or something like that, or they want to use him off the bench and they just want to keep that tempo up. That kind of worked a little bit, but it didn't add to any wins. In fact, it took away from some wins because you got rid of a guy like Kuzma and now he's having a good season. You got rid of a guy like Kuzma. You got rid of Caruso. You got rid of a lot of depth and you're relying that depth on Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook makes some of the worst decisions ever with LeBron James on the floor. So this is an absolute nightmare for the or for the Lakers. Rather, everything that they hoped would happen didn't happen and everything that they should have done, they didn't do. So they could have, if you remember, they could have kept, I believe, Kuzma or Caruso, one or the other. They could have kept one of them, them, 
and gotten Buddy healed. There was something in the the works where you know they would have kept either Caruso or Kuzma and gotten Buddy healed. That was like on the table. And LeBron James said, actually, we should get Russell Westbrook. Dope. That wasn't smart. Now he's averaging his he's having the worst season he's ever had. Uh he's, and isn't Westbrook have having one of the worst seasons in his career uh, this might be the worst season if you consider like the the per efficiency everything like that he might have been better when he was a rookie uh and the game has completely passed him by uh he doesn't he has way too much confidence in himself and he's not i don't even think he's actually an nba player right now if, if you ask and I, this is a guy i used to like russell westbrook i used to have his jersey i used to really like him i thought he was cool uh, but he just has fallen off so much as far as decision-making as a point guard that he's really just a spectacle now. He's not even a basketball player. He's kind of just a spectacle. I really believe he belongs in China, but what are your thoughts on that? I think he's. I think we're witnessing the end of his career. I think he's winding it down. I, I, I just even even on the nights that he plays good and they're so far spread you know what i mean they're so far few and spread in between like they're spread in between like two or three weeks of just just horrid you know what i mean just just bad like worse worse than rookie play like it's like like he's he's making mistakes on the court that even like that rookies make you know that literally like rookies it's like I just have I've seen I've seen and watched him play, and it's like, dude, like, what do you do? Like, you, like I just have to say, like, sit back and go, what are you doing? Like, it's it's literally like watching a rookie. And I think the more we watch this unravel, and Cab's Cab's family had an interesting thing. He said ESPN uh, had posted a stats last game saying that, oh yeah, Westbrook didn't have a turnover one of those games. It was the first time in almost 200 games. Think about that for a point guard. You're yeah. the point guard. You can't have that many turnovers in 200 straight games. You have a turnover. Like you don't even have like CP3 went like four games in a row in the in the playoffs where he didn't have a turnover. He was incredible. So like, yeah, it is what it is. And I think that, I think that a lot of people, including myself a little bit, owe Kevin Durant an apology because this is a situation. We just talked about it for like 20 minutes where yeah. we got two guys who are growing individually differently. Kevin Durant's an efficient, you know what I mean? He's very efficient. He's very like fundamental in the game. Russell Westbrook is a showman. He's a spectacle. He is. He just want he, you know what he's addicted to. He's addicted to the numbers and he's addicted to the cheers. The he wants, yeah, the, that's what he, he is. wants. Me, 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 me. Spotlight mm -hmm. on me all the time. That's what it's got to be. It, it, it is. It, and like, did you see that one turnover where he was he was dribbling in between his legs and trying to be fancy and stuff, and he was looking directly at his opponent, and then he lost the ball and it went into the, the out of bounds. That was the biggest like. LeBron James's face was just like, what the. What did I just do? Yeah. What did I yeah. just do? Like, why did I do this? This was so stupid. It, 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 like, he literally, for every amazing play Westbrook has, which, by the way, he still has a few amazing plays. He's still a talented guy. He makes, like, four terrible plays. And it's getting worse, and it's, it's really ugly. And I can't feel bad for LeBron James because LeBron James always seems, and I hear, oh, my God, I see Lakers fans trying to say, Frank Vogel needs to go. Shut up.
you Lakers fans. Shut it's not up. Vogel. It, it's, it's not, not Vogel. It's not. You idiots. Like, oh my God. I want to I see that stuff. I'm like, you guys are so dumb. It's clearly LeBron James is calling, is making 90% of the GM decisions and stuff because that's what he does. And they, they call him the GM back when he was in Cleveland six years ago. You think anything has changed? No. no, no He's gotten worse and more demanding. So the Lakers are a shit show. Why- See, this is kind of why I hope LeBron gets to own a team because it's gonna <laughs> it is going to crash and burn so oh, it's such hard a bad team. that it's gonna be spectacular to watch. Yeah, for real. It'd be worse than Jordan See, owning LeBron's, a team. LeBron's sports team is gonna be like driving by an accident on the highway. It's gonna he be just, the most like <laughs> politically commercialized, like advertised it's be like such a train wreck that yeah. you're not gonna be able to not look at it. And they're that's, not going to win. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> I don't see how he's going to own a team. Like Dan Gilbert's not going to sell to him. He hates him. So who else is going to sell? To- anyway, we'll see. We'll see what that happens when he retires. But I think LeBron is is on the decline, and he's looking at Russell Westbrook like, dude, you are torching my actual last chance at a fifth ring. Like this is see, like my last that's the window. Biggest reason that could drive him out. That could drive Russ out because LeBron's probably looking at it like, this guy is absolutely crushing my chances of, of winning one last time before I retire. Exactly. And exactly. Rick too. He single-handedly picked his team and he, now he's it's splatting in his face. Like he's done yeah. this like five times and, and like, and it works out a little bit sometimes and it doesn't work out other times. And, and he literally has to, he has to hold the entire L for this. Cause here's the thing. Michael Jordan won six titles despite his GM pissing him off every single day. And yeah. he had a pretty good GM, but they still argued all the time. LeBron is the GM, and he forces himself to be the GM, even though Rob Belinka is the pseudo GM, and so was Dan Gilbert, or, or no, not Dan Gilbert, the one guy who's on the Pelicans now, whatever, who cares? Uh, that, um, exactly. LeBron is, LeBron is, he is to blame for all of this. He is to blame for all of this. The Lakers are to blame for trusting him to take over the franchise when he's old. Uh, and it, their success and failure is entirely on him. It, it's absolutely entirely on him. If they uh, will, we'll in um, wait, what was the, oh, I forgot about it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yes, it's entirely on him. This failure is on him. Yep. And uh, and and the Russell Westbrook situation. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's the other thing I was going to say. Came back to me. I have a question for you, Bobby. Final question about Russell Westbrook. If the Lakers decided to trade for him, how the hell are they going to get any value for him? Who would want him at this point? They they want there's I think other team I think other teams this season has kind of showed them like where Russ's career is going. He might I, I don't think they're going to get if they get anything for him it'll be a shock because I I think I think this year kind of really showed where where Russ is. You know what it is? I think Russ is burnt out. He's just I burnt he out too. from. He's burnt out. Somebody said it in the live chat perfectly. He, he's burnt out from all those years of putting stats before team. And he did. I mean, he put. He is the trickable double king. Good job, Russ. You yeah. can. You know what? First ballot Hall of Famer. Whatever. Well, where did blah, it blah, get blah. him? Where did it get him? Not going to no, win anything nowhere. anymore. It got Under- him nowhere. Steph Curry is the same age as Russell Westbrook. They're both drafted in, I believe, 2008 or 2009. They're like the same exact age, right? Russell Westbrook, he's going to China soon. <laughs> Steph Curry, he's got another 2,000, 3,000 shots to make. And, and, like, look at, 
and look at Curry too. Look at Curry too. Like look at a guy. Look, look like there's older guys in the league that adapt their mm-hmm. perfect adapting. examples of it. Right. Look yep. at some of these guys that are getting older in the league that are adapting their play to to fit the fit themselves. You know, they they realize that they're that certain skill sets that they have are diminishing as they get older. So what do they do? They they adapt their game to survive and to it goes from a a scoring you know aspect to how can I facilitate now? How can I facilitate a shot? Can I use the 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 can I use my own star power that I've you know that I have you know to help other guys get an open shot. Like LeBron did, has done it. That's how they won. Yes, the, that's the, what I was going to say. That's yeah. how they won the title last year is LeBron because, changed because you couldn't, you couldn't not pay attention to him because as soon as you didn't pay attention to LeBron James, he made you pay. So you had to, he had, you had to pay attention to him. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And then hundred percent. And then he, so he used his own star power to, to be like, okay, well, here's a wide open shot for three other people. I'm just going to facilitate the basketball to them. Yes, and, and and if you and if you try to guard me one on one, I'll just the, drive. I'll just drive because I'm bigger than any other point guard in the entire NBA. Yeah. So, so that was yeah, that was really smart when he did that in 2020. Uh, Russ has just Russ has just he, he Russ never learned. Russ never learned how to play for a team. He played for himself all these years. And, and this is where it gets you. You might make a lot of money. You might make a lot of money and you might stay in the league. You know, you might stay in the league for nine or 10 seasons, but your legacy isn't going to be the same. Well, I just don't think anyone, I really don't think anybody at all is going to uh, invest in Russell Westbrook anymore. His contract is huge. It'd have to get bought now, which they could, the Lakers could, they could throw money at it. It wouldn't be a big deal, but, uh, that would have to get bought now, and nobody in, and they would lose all value for him. They could have had Buddy Heald. They could have had Buddy Heald. That's that's the biggest L that LeBron James is as far as being a GM. That's the biggest L LeBron James has ever had, has ever had, because like all these all these behind the scenes things he does, it's like this one man. You could have had Buddy Heald, an improved version of Danny Green, who you won a championship with. So that is just. It's tough. It's tough to, to see that stuff. It, it really is. It's, but at the same time, LeBron has had plenty of success. I really yeah. don't feel bad for him. No, I don't feel been, bad for he's him. He's been plenty successful. He's fine. Absolutely. Let's um, let's transition into into some football news now. Some NFL, and me and you've kind of been following this off off camera as well. This Antonio Brown story, um, is is just. Wild, they're like wild. There's oh God. all sorts Maybe. of stuff, bro. Like this is this is this is like it because at first it started off as being like, well, like like I think the the original store, like the original story that we got the the media was trying to paint, you know, AB as just being crazy and out there and just oh, it's not it, it's it's just AB being AB and being stupid, right? And, but that A dude's diva. got receipts. AB's got receipts and text messages saying that they a little talked, bit too many. <laughs> they they talked prior to the game 
And not only that, the injury report for Tampa Bay even put Antonio Brown on the injury report, and he didn't. He D. There was a DNP for I think two or three days leading up to that Bucks game, um, where he didn't even practice because of that ankle. And their text message clearly say that he rolled it and that he's not a hundred percent, but he's going to give it a try. Um, he's going to try and go. Um, but I think the narrative has kind of flipped now that that we've seen you know AB's release stuff and said like a lot saying yeah. that like. I was hurt and I was trying to play through an injury. And, and then I got my coaches on the sidelines telling me that if I don't go on the field, I'm, I'm cut. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's not a good look for, for the coaches side. I think you put it perfectly to me and you said that both sides handled it like awful. So yes, they did. You, I just want to get your, I, I 100% agree. I, I think both sides like Antonio shouldn't have done what he did. But the coaches, Bruce Arian, shouldn't have – like, you can't just say what he said either. So, yes. So I want to get your – like, give me what you think about that. Like, you said it perfectly. So I, what do you got? Well, I, I yeah, I thought about it a lot, and I've looked into everything that he said, and I've looked into what Arian said, and I listened to Tom Brady a little bit. And I think that a lot of this is just a big, huge miscommunication. And it blew up really bad because of just the volatility in the in the room, or not in the room, but on the field, basically. And I think that ultimately, this is this is truly what it is. Like A B, just like every football player, right? Just like every person, every grinder, anyone who works hard for something, anyone who works their ass off every single day for 10, 15 years for something, right? You feel like okay, I should be treated with a certain amount of respect, right? Because here's the thing. AB is not paid like a superstar. He thinks he's a superstar, which he's not paid like one. You know what? That's fair because he has like some NFL records, like I'm pretty sure per per game average in a season or something like that. He is a he is an NFL Hall of Famer. I think that that is kind of hard to argue he's not. Maybe not first ballot, but he probably is a Hall of Famer. So in his mind, he's thinking, okay, I may not get paid a lot of money. I may be like the fourth guy, a uh, fourth receiver on the roster as far as salary goes. Maybe fifth, sixth. I'm not even sure. But I'm he's not high up there. He's not Mike Evans. He's not. Uh, Godwin so in his mind he's just like okay I'm still AB though and the coaching staff sees him as just like okay you're only here because Tom likes you you know what I mean so there's probably some uh, you know resentment I don't want to deal with this guy there I guarantee that's kind of what Tom said he's like I don't know what happened but there was a lot of yelling and stuff and, and it, I think it, it, it came down to the coaches were probably pushing him. They said, all right, well, we gave you the painkiller. You're the fifth guy in the roster. Come on, we need you. We need you. They pressured him and pressured him and pushed him and nudged him, just like football coaches do, even in high school, by the way. Um, so the, in their mind, this is normal. And Bruce Arians, he's a guy who will just yell. He'll just yell. He screamed at Gronk. You know what I mean? He'll just scream at you. So he, if you're being a little bit off of – if you're not doing what he wants, basically – Good or bad, that's just it's the way he coaches and stuff like that. So AB didn't like the way they were talking to him. That's number one. He didn't like the way they were referring to him. They were basically saying, you know, if you don't play, you might get cut. Basically, we might just cut you. Like, what's the point of you if you're going to be injured all the time? Which that's not cool. I don't think that's cool, especially if that's true and no one's denied that. So that's definitely not cool at all um, for for him to do that. But a from AB's perspective, he's he's in pain. They're losing to the Jets, and that's in everyone's perspective. They're all pissed off because they're losing to the freaking Jets. 
That's not cool. Brady's pissed off. He's probably screaming at him. He probably doesn't give a shit about AB's pain because he's played through a broken toe. So he doesn't give a shit. He's like, whatever, you have a rolled ankle, whatever, keep playing. I don't care. So nobody's listening to AB. He's getting mad. He doesn't want to play. He's in so much pain. He's probably pushing through it. And then to make matters worse, this coach says something stupid like you're gonna get cut then or something like that that's what that's what he said and the coach is like well we hadn't planned it but then it's like i actually believe both sides i believe that they hadn't planned to cut a b just for sitting on the bench but somebody probably did pop off and say something stupid and that's what happens on these fields everything's emotional and a b was like oh you're gonna be stupid you know f this f you you know and then he just started throwing his jersey off and like flew off the handle and then he's running around the field so everyone thinks well why aren't you playing you run around the field. It hurts so bad. But, you know, that he's also on painkillers. It's it's the adrenaline. I get it. He's angry. So there's a lot of things. Go, there's a lot of things at play here from both sides. And I think ultimately it was handled, especially by the coaching staff, number one, horribly by them. You don't treat a player like that. You just don't, in my opinion. And number you two, AB it, was you immature. You it at the end of the game. That's something exactly. you just go. Di- let, the right. guy, let the guy sit on the bench and then deal with it in the locker room after the game. Like, like if AB sat down and was set and said, I can't go, it, like why are you gonna especially with a guy like that? You know what I mean? If you push a guy like, if you push a guy like that, it's not gonna end well, you know? So just if he's if he's like that, you you, you just um like Arian should have just ignored it and said whatever and dealt with it later. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who popped off and said that. I, I really, I really don't know. I couldn't tell you, but uh, ultimately, I they shouldn't have said that. Even if it was an assistant coach, I don't care who it was. If it was Arians, you shouldn't have said that. That's no, not no, something you, you say to a professional. And also, I was going to say that with AB, he's looking at it like, bro, I sleep in satin sheets. I'm not a grinder. You're talking to the wrong guy right now. Like, yeah. the, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, you're. I'm not like homeless. I haven't been homeless for 15 years. I'm not poor. I'm. I'm wealthy. You don't talk to me that way. And I totally get that. And also, he's a hardworking professional. You shouldn't talk to anyone like that. Period. Even if they are poor or begging or needing something or working grinding, you shouldn't. But regardless, he's not. He's wealthy. He's probably wealthier than the coach that yelled at him, even if it was Arians. So you, you just there's certain levels to this. You just don't talk to you shouldn't talk to anyone like that. That's my that's my ultimate takeaway. <clears throat> Let's see. Mentioned yeah, no, like, like and I agree with you. Both both sides handled it really, really bad. Both sides handled it bad. He said, Lol, sure. <laughs> No, I swear I am six four. I, I I swear to God, but anyway, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Um, the the uh, illegal drug pushing to play uh, makes me nervous. Yeah, actually, you know what? Just for you, Pat, I'm gonna release a video of me dunking. Actually, after this, <laughs> just for you, Pat, on i ninety sports, I'm gonna release a video for you, Pat. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Um, so let's <laughs> let's stick with football, right? And since we yeah. you brought up Tom Brady, let's. Yes. Let's talk about Brady. So Brady beats the Jets. The, the, the Bucks beat the Jets this week. And uh Tom Brady does Tom Brady does Tom Brady things. They give Tom Brady the football with under two minutes to go. Oh god. That and was amazing. 90. So here this is why Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. The best ever. Brady gets the football back. With under two minutes to go, need a touchdown to win this game, and 93 yards to get to the end zone. 
crazy. Let that think in. All right. Let that let that let that think about that for a second and let that sink in. 93 yards, zero timeouts, under two minutes. Needing a touch. You need a touchdown to win this game. Field goal means nothing. You need a touchdown. Tom Brady is, I don't think you can master football because it takes 10,000 hours roughly to master any craft. Uh, and you have to do that craft consistently in the zone for 10,000 hours. So I don't think anyone will ever be able to master that uh, master football. But Tom Brady is as close and say, is as close to mastering football as anyone's ever come. He, he understands the game so well. The only thing I can, I can remember, the only thing I can remember with Tom Brady is uh or excuse me is Peyton Manning. Remember Peyton Manning on the Broncos? Whenever he like no timeouts, I'm pretty sure it was like a minute thirty left. He drove down the field. Demarius Thomas, uh, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, touchdown. You know yep. what I mean? Like it was just just click snap 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 snap. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are so much better than this. In my opinion, it's number one and two. Tom Brady's the best. Peyton Manning's the second best. And the reason why Peyton Manning's the second best is because he inspired Tom Brady to be as good as he is now. And and it's just the rivalry between Manning and Brady drove drove Brady to be better. He he was he he was like if you watch a man in the arena, he he even said that he, he was like Peyton Manning used to be able to to tell, you know, he used to be yelling out plays and breaking down defenses and changing plays in the middle of the thing. It's like, and then Brady was like, I can't even do that. Why can't I do that? So then Brady was like, yo, screw that. I want to be able to do that. Now Brady's just on the same level as Peyton Manning, and he's more clutch, and he's better uh, in the cold weather. Brady is the greatest of all time, and the fact that he's still doing this shit with no timeouts is 45. That was his 67th. That was his 67th game-winning touchdown drive. 67th. Who's the second best? That's a good question. I don't know that. I don't know. I'm going to look that up. Most game-winning drives. That's that's unbelievable. It really is. 67. That's insane. I know uh, Derek Carr has a crap load, which uh, it, he doesn't get talked about with that, but... Uh, but he's just th this is Tom Brady. This is this is what you get. Like he has said it multiple times that he has said multiple times in multiple interviews with with whatever network it is, a bunch of different guys, right? Peyton Manning he has, has said, the second most. He's been in the league, he's been in the league for so long and pretty much seen every scenario a defensive coordinator can throw at him. So there's not much that he can't look at an, at a defensive at a defensive backfield and diagnose pre-snap what is usually going to happen. He yeah. said his exact words were I feel like I have the answers to the test. It's just he's playing chess at a master class and everybody else everybody else is still playing at like pro to amateur and and he's just he's sitting here he's ma he's a complete master and there's no one that can touch him because he has played longer than everybody else and he's maintained his physique as good as anybody could he's actually you could argue he's gotten better this is going to be like his his third or fourth uh 5k yard season cuz he's going to get 5k he's like 10 yards away next next game unless they sit him he's going to get 5k yards he's 45 like that's that's going to be a record for for forever. I don't think who's going to touch that. Aaron Rodgers is the only one I can think in the next 
And that's if Aaron Rodgers plays to 45. It's unbelievable. I don't think anybody can be can, can long, do some the of the longevity, things. Brady did. I don't think we are ever going to see Brady's longevity again. I, I yeah, it'd be really hard <laughs> to match that. I don't know. We'll see. So let's stick with football, and let's, let's go back it. into the windy city here. And let's oh God, talk about let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Do we have to? No, I'm just now. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now. You had sent me something, and it says that the Bears are are looking for could or could possibly be looking for a new head coach, and that reports mm-hmm. are out that Ryan Pace is reportedly going to stay. So, yes, there is uh, there's a few sources, uh, one of whom I he's broken a lot of a lot of significant news on Twitter, and I'd be shocked if he was wrong. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the, the, all all reports seem to be that Ryan Pace is not taking much blame for this, that the blame is going to Matt Nagy, which I find a little bit strange. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, and ultimately that, that Ryan Pace is keeping his job. And the other the other rumors that are coming out is that so I think what's happening is with with this situation is I think that they realize that they need to go in a new direction. Even though Matt Nagy has had some success, they need to go in a new direction. So I think they want to get Dan Quinn or Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, I think, is the first choice. Uh, but they have to pry him away from his very lucrative Michigan job where he makes a lot of money and he's successful and pretty successful at least. And they have to pry him away from that job. He has reportedly shown interest from another source that I actually, I think it was the same source actually, that Jim Harbaugh has reportedly shown interest. Um, and in, in that ultimately, obviously he's played for the Bears. You know, Jim Harbaugh's played for the Bears. He, he knows Justin Fields. He was in the same conference as Justin Fields against when Michigan and Ohio State saw him multiple times. Uh, the other report was that Jim Harbaugh is eyeing the Raiders job. So that's a whole, you know what I mean? That's a fluid situation. We'll do, we're going to have to look into that in the future because that's very interesting. It's like, well, which one does he prefer if he could have both? Would he want to come back to Chicago or would he want to go to the Raiders? I I don't know. So we definitely need to see that for sure. He, he might he might actually choose Chicago. And you want to know why? Why is that? They have youth and youth. And they do have youth. Youth and listen. Youth and potential at the quarterback position. He, well, you know, what I mean, the potential for Justin Fields to be really good is True. with with the right guidance and the right coaching is there. He's the potential for him to be very good is there. They he knows what he's getting with Derek Carr. He's getting a veteran. You know, he's getting a veteran. And and do you? No offense, but do you do you want to deal with Mark da- like with Davis? You know, like that's I know. true. I would, that's a good I would point. Pick if I was, it seems like the upper management of Chicago would be more willing to kind of let Harbaugh do his thing and leave, you know, and stay out of it than, than the Raiders management would. That's oh, the I one could... thing that might deter him. And if I'm a, if I'm a co if I'm him, I want to go to a team where they just let me do my thing. Let, let me do what I do and don't bug That's me. That's a really good point. And don't bug me. And I think Bears upper management, Ryan Pace and, and McCaskey, and the, I think they would just 
let him do what he does without without bothering him. And that's what any coach wants, you know? Let me coach and just let me coach the team. No, dude, I'm 100% with you. And uh, it, 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 and I whew, I would love that. <laughs> God, that would be the best case scenario. I think Ryan Pace would love to hire a really, really good coach and just kind of be there for the scouting. I really think he'd love that. And honestly, he'd probably defer to the coach most of the time, especially if it's a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who's a complete alpha personality. I could totally see that. Ryan Pace does not come off to me. He comes off as an analytical guy. He does not come off as like this alpha who wants to call the shots. And you know, you know what Jim Harbaugh would do for Pace too? He would say, he would say to Ryan Pace, analytics are great and we'll use them, but they're not the Bible. Yeah, and, and Jim Harbaugh will have to have, especially when he's also and Harbaugh would command respect on that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like, like Pace would say, okay. I think I think Pace would back down. He'd he probably would have would. the type of personality where Ryan Pace would back down and say, "Okay, we'll trust you on it." And maybe he should. Maybe Ryan Pace actually is the guy who should be the guy who you know because it was Mike or Ted Phillips before. Maybe Ryan Pace should be that guy. You know, he hasn't. This the problem with Ryan Pace is I think he, yeah I think he'd be better in a presidential role or or a or a front office consultant role or a scouting role because we need a GM that understands the cap situation like the Rams, you know what I mean? Where you can just continuously sign people if you need to and fill spots that you need to and understand where your cap is. That's really important. So I don't think, I don't think he excels at that, but I do think he has an eye for talent. I do think he has an eye for talent and call me crazy. I do. Uh, but, and I would love, I would absolutely love. He said, bears football is on part of something. Yeah. It's like, that's, we have high expectations. Exactly. We have absolutely high expectations. And I think that, a guy like Jim Harbaugh has incredibly high expectations. And another thing about Jim Harbaugh is he's been recruiting for the last, what, seven years, eight years. He's been recruiting yeah. and recruiting. Also, he likes, because remember he had Colin Kaepernick, and he didn't. He wasn't satisfied with, my, with Alex Smith. And Alex Smith was really, really good. That was like his prime. He wasn't satisfied with Smith. He got Colin Kaepernick. Obviously, we know what happened there, but that's, that's a whole different thing. But when they were successful, he had a running dual threat quarterback who could throw down the field and that's exactly what justin fields is Derek carr is not that he's a pocket quarterback he's a really good pocket quarterback but he's a pocket quarterback so i don't i don't know if he'd be satisfied with Derek carr uh so i think harbaugh is a really good a really really see, good he's idea coached, he's coached a guy like like you said with colin kaepernick's skill set and i think that you know a guy like fields who can throw on the move well and it fields fields throws in the pocket okay you know what i mean but he's yes. his justin fields real skill set is on the bootleg on the bootleg looking down the field finding an open receiver and delivering a ball on on the move i think that's his strongest skill set and and what did what how did the niners when the niners were that were really successful with Kaepernick is what did they do with him they got him on the move they got that line it was like it was usually a stretch block, you know, and it was Yeah. It oh, was, we need that. Let's move the line, let's move, let's move the quarterback and let's let the receivers, you know, do what they do and throw on the run. And I think Bro. Wow. Like I'm telling you, I think Harbaugh would fit very well if I was him, I would choose a team like Chicago over 
there's multiple like dude there's there's multiple layers to it you know you got to consider Chicago has the youth on defense they they have youth on defense which is huge for Harbaugh because he's you know he's he he's a you know he they're he's gonna like that the youth on the D that he can build on and they just they should just get him in there and let him draft offensive linemen to put around Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, I think, I think it would be wise of him to consider Chicago as a destination. I, it would be absolutely wise of. I think he is. You know what I? Ho- you know I'm hoping he's the first option because now that you say that, that is Matt Nagy's. What you just explained that whole rolling out the the blocking scheme and everything. That's Matt Nagy's greatest weakness. Matt Nagy's clever from sideline to sideline. He's sometimes he's clever with the receivers. Sometimes he's even clever with the run game. But he is terrible with the blocking game. The blocking game makes no sense sometimes. Like he'll just kind of like run up the gut or do a pitch around. It's like there is no, uh, what do you call it, sophisticated blocking scheme. Just like Harbaugh, just like Kyle Shanahan, just like Sean McVay, that that kind of stuff is so important in, in today's game. And Matt Nagy, that is one thing that I can say on the field, he lacks tremendously. So I would love to see Harbaugh try that with the Bears, especially with a guy like Montgomery and Herbert. Man, you could really get something out of that. But see, and here's the thing too: if you can get that passing game rolling with with Fields, that's going to open things up for for Montgomery to just have you know absolute beasts of a game. I'd love to see it. You got it. You if you if you have to respect Fields on the ground, then you're going to leave that middle of the field a little soft, you know, because out of respect for him. And I, I I just I think Harbaugh would fit well. I, I really do. I think he would fit well there. I think the youth is there. And the most important thing for me, like I said before, is is they're going to let him do what he does. You don't want – if you're a coach in this – look at the good – look at the good teams. What do they all have in common? They, the good the, – the, look at the good owners in the NFL. Good owners and good GMs are the money guys. Yeah. Especially the owners. The owner is the money guy. He signs the checks and just stays out of the football business. The good ones he, do. The, that's what I'm saying. The good owners in the league of these teams that are that are that are perennial playoff teams, they they are simply there to monitor the money. And that's it. That, that that's definitely something that the Bears need. I don't think that's that's uh, Pace's strength, and I think that he really messed up. Uh, and and yeah, that's that's what we need. So I, I saw this one. There was a poll on uh, on this Bears group I'm in, and they all you know did the they did the whole thing. Kellen Moore was on there, so mm-hmm. it was it was Jim Harbaugh, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn. Who do you want and stuff like that? And uh, there was like 65% Jim Harbaugh. People really want to see Jim Harbaugh try. And I, and I actually, I would, I've said that I said that in a previous video, I think it was like two months ago that I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jim Harbaugh come. And I, that would be cool. That'd be really cool to see. Cause I think we, we do need a change of direction. Well, I mean, let's, 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 let's like go what, like just one more, one, like couple, like two more minutes here. Sure. Like, like so if Harbaugh does come into the league, like mm-hmm. Chicago's one of the teams, and give me like three others, two or three others that you think would that he could go to. 
I think Chicago fits the best out of any team that you could actually like. Well, they, they said he's shown interest in the Raiders, but again, that could just be a leverage point. You know what I mean? They, they could See, just be like. That's never that? been his style. I, I think that might be a little smoke, smoke and mirrors going on there. Well, I'm not, I'm not who else would, it's, he's not going to Jacksonville. <laughs> he's much, no, no. he's much too successful to go to Jacksonville. And uh, that's a mess. Why would you, yeah. at least Chicago has building blocks and a solid core to work with. Jacksonville, you're going to have to start from scratch. I agree, Rick. Yeah. It, um, he said, Bears need Tony Dungy. I mean, Tony Dungy has spoken out a lot on this situation, actually, believe it or not. Tony Dungy has said, hey, what's up, TSR? Uh, Tony Dungy has spoken a lot up, on this Bears situation. He, sp- he speaks a lot on everything. You know, he, he talks on Sunday Night uh, America, but he mentioned, like, that Jim Caldwell. That's another guy. Jim Caldwell was on the, was on the list, too. I would honestly be okay with all four of them over Nagy right now. I would. And it's not because I really think I'm not one of these people who like wants to burn Nagy at the stake, you know, because there's a lot of those people. Nagy's the reason we suck. Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of reasons why we suck. Nagy's not the only reason, but I think Matt Nagy needs to be a good offensive coordinator for a while before he can be a head coach again. You know, you know what I think happened? You guys have just run your course with Matt Nagy. Sadly, I think that's true. I think I think the Bears have just run their course. I, I think that this is this is what they're going to be with him at the helm. I think they've just it's just gotten to that point. They, they've run their course with him. I think a new I think the team needs a new voice in the locker room. I, I agree, and I think we need. You know what we need? We need we need because uh, who called it? Eddie Jackson called him a player coach. Matt Nagy he called him a player coach. I don't want a player coach. Okay. I don't want one. I like, I, I don't want one. It's never worked in Chicago. Keep in mind, buddy yeah. Ryan was a player coach. He was the defensive coordinator. It's the only time it's ever worked. It's never worked in Chicago. Lovey Smith was not a player coach. His players loved him, but he was incredibly disciplined. He was incredibly hard on his team. And also they were the most buttoned up team on defense and special teams. they like never had penalties on defense and special teams. On offense, they were trash, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, so that's just never worked in Chicago. It's not our culture. We talked about culture before. Culture matters. Yeah. And I think that Jim Harbaugh fits the culture a lot. Defensive-minded, run game first. And then if you give him a guy like Har- Justin Harbaugh, Fields, Harbaugh, he can Harbaugh make you use, pay. Harbaugh would use, David, would use David Montgomery to his fullest potential. Yes, he would. He'd use, he'd use all of that. Uh, Harbaugh is going to extract all of the potential out of all of his players. That's what yeah. he. That's what he did all three years. He was in in the league. He and went I think to that's, the title that's game. I didn't mean to. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to. Oh, you're fine. Um, I was just. Finishing I that. think that's the biggest part of what's what kind of. I think Nagy's voice in the locker room has just kind of been lost. You know, like it's they, they like they still respect him, but I think it's just. Uh, I think he's. Like, like I think you guys have just run your course with him, and that's a new voice. I think would be good. I think it would yeah. do the the team and the mor- the team morale too a lot a lot of good. We need to shake things up. That's for yeah. sure. Cab says uh, Pete Carroll's a player coach. See how that's going now. And the thing is, yeah, Pete Carroll's a really good example. He came in, 
came into this. He came into the Seahawks. They were incredibly talented when he already got there. They already had like five Hall of Famers. Drafts yeah. Russell Wilson, develops him. That's pretty much the only thing he can take credit for. And Russell Wilson hates him now. So <laughs> it's like Pete Carroll is like he's fallen from grace tremendously because. Yeah, he's a player coach who had a tremendous amount of talent, and then he cost his team a Super Bowl. Whether you, no matter how you want to shake it, that's the case because Belichick outcoached the crap out of him. You, that's a thing too. The players can get beaten on the field. The coaches can get beaten in the in the with their playbooks. You know what I mean? So he's the reason why they lost the one Super Bowl that the Patriots won. That was one of the biggest Super Bowls of Tom Brady's career, probably the second biggest. And actually, he's probably the third now that this Bucks won. Man, he has so many; it's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Play, B- Pete Carroll is that is the example that I would use. Perfect example. Even if you have success early on, it's going to flame out. Question: Would you like Bill Lazar as the head coach since he looked good as the offensive coordinator? And is, see, that's the thing. No, no, you can keep him, but. The way I look at it is Matt Nagy hired all these guys. If they looked good, then you're telling me you thought Matt Nagy looked good. And I actually do think sometimes, Damian, that Matt Nagy did look pretty he, pretty good as a coach. He is creative. He's a creative guy. But in my opinion, he and Lazar belong as uh, offensive coordinators for now. We need a really strong powerful voice who has some experience and that people will immediately gravitate to bill Lazar would be an experiment we don't need an experiment especially when we have a guy like justin fields who has as much potential as he has we have to harness that as fast as possible yeah no see i 100 agree this is why i think harbaugh should take the coaching job in chicago because i hope he does there's there's a massive building block there to work with and his name's justin fields and the potential is th- He's already taken one quarterback to the one running, you know, one one mobile quarterback to the Super Bowl. For real. And he he made people pay. And yeah, the second the second Kaepernick wasn't around Harbaugh. Sucked. It was a failure. He, he's he, he, terrible. He as soon as Harbaugh left, that that's the down that was the the you know, that was it. Greg that Roman and Harbaugh. And think if Greg Roman came with Harbaugh, because keep in mind, Greg Roman, he's been with the Ravens for a while with John Harbaugh. But before that, he was with the Niners. What if so, we can get Greg Roman or one of his assistants? That'd be pretty amazing. That's true. That's no, that's true. That would that would work too. with Jim Harbaugh. With Jim Harbaugh. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, put him with him. That would work too. Yeah. Let's transition now. Let's stay with football. And let's talk about another quarterback. And this one's wearing the flying Elvis on his shoulder. Let's let's talk the Pats and Mac Jones. They they I mean, first of all, there's not much to really talk about with with Jones and the, the game he had again. You know, there's not much to really talk about against the late, you know, the last Patriot game because the Jags are just you can't really use them as any type of a measuring stick because they're just so Trash. much of a massive dumpster like like there's, I fully believe Alabama could beat the Jaguars. <laughs> hey, they have a chance at least, or at least give them a run for their. They're, they're just okay. My point is just they're just so bad. Like yeah. Jones and the pa- Mac Jones, the Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, uh, all of them, right? They did exactly what everybody in the country expected them to do to absolutely mm-hmm. demolish the 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 Jaguars and Bills. Bill, we all know how Bill Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks. He he just yeah. 
It's a tough he day. He just dominates them. They, they're, they don't stand a chance against him. And here's the thing, J.D., after the Indy game, when they lost like that in Indy and they lost that, that tough game like that, mm-hmm. there was no doubt in my mind that Bill Belichick was going to come into this game and absolutely step on the throat of the Jaguars and run this score up because he could have he could have stopped in the middle of the third quarter and just been been like all right guys like enough enough we're, we're good they're you know we've already like like we've we've already finished him off we're, oh a few times you know what I mean <laughs> yeah like he could have he could have stopped I knew for a fact that Belichick was going to come into this game and absolutely torch this team up and down the field. And you want to know why? Because the Pats, the team, needed to get back up and get, you know, they needed that confidence boost again because they're heading into the playoffs. They're heading into the playoffs with a with a rookie court. Like, they needed that confidence boost, that boost to say we're still the Pats, you know? like Oh, they did. They, and we talked about it. it last week. We, we even said we both we both were agreed that, that the, the, the Patriots – if they were going to win, which we assumed they were going to win, that they were going to beat the, sh- the living crap out of the Jags because yeah, no, they were going to absolutely they need to get the going momentum demol- going. They were going to demolish them. They were going to absolutely take them apart. Me and you mm-hmm. both had said it's not even worth talking about because the game's going to be a slaughter. <laughs> it, it was. It was a slaughter. We were right about that. So uh, Mac Jones yeah. throws his, I believe, twenty second touchdown pass of the season too. Not too bad. Not it's, too bad. Not too bad. He is- the um i really do like the potential like he fits this system per- perfectly he does responsible with the football accurate you know can make the he he's very like so just like just like 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 brady didn't have the biggest arm but what you know didn't have the biggest arm strength. He, you know, Brady never had a strong arm, uh, the strongest of, of arm strength. Right. You know, he doesn't have a cannon like like Josh Allen does. But what he is accurate with is like anything from like 35, 35 yards and in. He can he can pretty much throw it on a you know throw a dart to you know anywhere in the field thirty five yards and in pretty accurately. Um, and that's that's kind of what we've we've had him to. Now I want to get. <clears throat> I want to get your thoughts on this, on some stuff that came out as an outsider's perspective. Josh McDaniels, in one of his press conferences, openly admitted that he's having trouble integrating people into the Patriots offense. Such names, and he name-dropped Damian, no, he named, excuse me, not he name-dropped um, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, which are the two which are the two hundred and one million dollar tight end? You know, we paid a hundred and one million dollars for these two tight ends, and our offensive coordinator just admitted that he's having trouble integrating them into the offense this year. Well, I want to get your yeah. Th- I I, I want to hear an outsider's perspective and and your thoughts on that quote. Well, I think I think that this goes back to Cam Newton. Actually, I think that they believed that Cam Newton would be the starter going forward and that Cam Newton would come in and know the playbook a little bit better and that would use these tight ends. And that's probably why they signed them to begin with. They didn't expect the rookie to take over the job, be better than Cam Newton, and show potential. Uh, So now you have to now implement the rookie 
with the tight ends that you spent money on. I actually, I mean, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass for that because it must be, he's probably just admitting there is a learning curve that comes with this. But at the same time, you also didn't know what Mac Jones's strengths were. And I think that Mac, Mac Jones is relatively well-rounded, whereas someone like Tony Romo just comes in and he finds Jason Whitney, he just throws to him a million times. And same with Phil Rivers and a lot of other guys, they rely on their tight end. Even Tom Brady relied on his tight end. Most young quarterbacks do. Um, so with that being said, I think that that definitely uh, had an impact. That had that had an impact, but also, I mean, you shouldn't admit that to the to the media. I agree with you. That's not something you should say out loud. But I, I, I mean, he's being transparent. At least, it might cost him a job. All right, fuck that pass. That's what I'm <laughs> fuck saying. that pass. He gets no pass with me. I've been the biggest problem that I've had with Josh McDaniels this season, and I've said it to you off camera too. <laughs> There's been there's been multiple games where there's just been no rhythm, you know. That's fair. And yeah, I, you got to develop. There's rhythm. been no rhythm on offense, and I, and, and you're like, here's why I don't give him a pass, JD. Right? There's been one. It as an offensive coordinator, I I, I get like it's a rookie core. I get that, right? I get I get right. it's a rookie core. But here's why I don't give him a pass. How long has he been in the league as a coordinator? Oh, probably about 10 years at least. Probably closer to 15. 15. Oh, and wow. Here's my thing. If you're if you're getting paid as one of the top offensive coordinators in the league, which he probably is. He is. He is. He probably yeah. is. I remember they signed a bigger contract. So he's he's getting a, he's getting paid a lot of money to be the offensive coordinator and he's and you're a veteran offensive coordinator at that. You've been in the league. Oh, yeah. A long Champion. time. You've been a head coach for what two seasons in Denver, you know, two seasons went to the playoffs. Denver, yeah. Right. There is no excuse for you as an as a veteran offensive coordinator who's won multiple Super Bowls with the Bats and who's come up with game plans to beat some of the best teams in the NFL. Falcons. There's no excuse for me why he should not be able to integrate. Got, you know, integrate guys into the offense, especially what we were missing most last year was the tight ends. We had no like for years. We had no tight end production since Gronk left. And finally, we get these two really good. You know, Hunter Henry's a very solid tight end. Very, very good. John U. Smith has a tight end with a lot of potential, you know, big body, big, you know, there's just no when you're a veteran like that and you've been in the league for that long, it's just hard for me to give you. It's hard for me to give you a pass. It's hard well, for me to just give you a pass like that. Well, and it, like this is something that I mean, it was hard for him to work with Tim Tebow, I'm sure, but he did. It was hard for him to work with lesser talent like Kyle Orton, but they went to the playoffs uh, with him, and he won a Super Bowl. When you when you go from Tom Mother Effing Brady, dude. When you go from Tom Mother F and Brady, everyone else to is going to be hard. I think you're about to steal my take. I know I, me and you have talked about this. Go ahead. Go. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, let's just say that's it. That's it's it's everything's harder now. That's all I was going to say. Like Tom Brady, when you go from Tom Brady, it doesn't matter who you, even if you go to Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be harder. Like it's just harder. Like it's Tom Brady. He doesn't even need you. You don't even need, you don't even need to exist. The fact that you have a job is a blessing. Like. So that's, I don't know. And now that you don't have him, now it's like, all right, do your job. Then he's just like, ah, oh, shit, it's actually pretty hard. 
but see, no, it, no, you're, dude, you're 1000%. It's me. I, I fully believe that having Brady to Josh for Josh all those years was a huge, like you said, just a blessing because he's a coach in pads. Yeah, the guy he comes even need off Josh. the field. It's having Tom Brady, one of my, what, Ross, Ross, right? We, you know, Ross, Ross, right? yeah. Ross put it the best. He said, having Tom Brady all those years stunted Josh McDaniel's growth as I could an see offensive that. coordinator. 100%. If you don't because spend it time, never put any pressure on him. It yeah. never forced him to, to have to, work you know work as hard as some of these other coordinators in the league had to exactly that that's exactly what it is uh Kyle Shanahan was dealing with with uh well first first he had Robert Griffin and then he had Kirk Cousins and then he had Colt McCoy and then he had Matt Ryan and now he has then he worked with like a bunch of random people in San Francisco and then he had uh you know that one guy Grappolo anyway uh whereas McDaniels he was out there did well 10 years ago 10 years ago he did well but now it's been 10 years or 8 years I rather with Tom Brady just success after success after success so yeah I, I'm sure some of those uh skills are rusted you could say some of those coaching skills are rusted uh whereas they were fresh 10 years ago like I fully believe that Brady Brady not only helped Bill out, you know, like Brady oh, and Bill, yeah. you know, Brady not only helped Bill, you know, Brady and Bill built off of each other, but Brady and Josh, I mean, cause you would see them come to the sidelines and they would talk and you know, Brady was telling him, here's what they're doing. They line up like this. This is what they're doing. You can go and attack it. Now, yeah. the, now the, now he has a kid. Who's basically imagine going from a guy who's seen that eight or ten times, you know what I mean? Like, like for sure. Brady has seen that forever. You know, it, when they you know but, what I mean? But at the same time, I think that it will eventually get I think it will get better. I think this is the the ground floor, honestly, for the Patriots right now. I really do actually believe that. I think this is the ground floor because even if they do keep Josh McDaniels, I think it's the ground floor. Because I, I see with Mac Jones as a Dak Prescott-esque talent, right? He is, he's a guy who has, his potential could be, hey, I'm going to improve all the little things and become a star because I already do the big things really well, like check down, you know, call for the lines, line of scrimmage, operate the offense, be a field general. He's already a pretty solid field general, even as a rookie. So he's got a lot to work with. Josh McDaniels just has to get him on the same page as this him, in my opinion. This next year, I believe, is going to tell us this next upcoming season. Next season is going to tell us a lot about Josh McDaniels. A lot. Oh yeah, this is actually yeah. You're right. He's on the hot seat this year. It's it's getting warmer. I I do agree with that because yeah. attention is being brought to him not only because of the co the comments that he made like like if you're in search of a head coach job, McDaniels should have never said that. Because that, that's yeah, that's true. That should have he should have <laughs> never made that quote, never said that. You know what? That's a good point. That, that goes to that goes that goes to me. That quote says he's having he's realistically having a hard time grooming you know, a quarterback, being being a coordinator because he's 
he's actually got to work this year. Yeah, and that's that's a scary thing. Like you don't want your guy who your head coach, you don't want your head coach to be nervous or even like see that's why, and I always come back to the Bears because it's obviously on my mind all the time. But that's why Matt Nagy, him being wishy washy, that that Josh McDaniels, that's a wishy washy statement. Yeah. Like when you're wishy washy, people smell it right away. They're like, ah, oh, this guy's wishy washy right away. And uh, like, and when you say like, because because I'm sure at the beginning of the season, right, Josh McDaniels is like, oh yeah, we're gonna get him implemented. It'll be really easy. It'll be really good. All this stuff. And I mean, I don't I don't know that. I didn't listen to every press conference, but I'm sure if that's what he said then now you're kind of saying, oh, well, it's it's hard. You know, things are hard. Well, you can't say it's hard. You already said it was going to be, you know, you already said things were going to be successful. Although I would say I think you're a little bit harder on McDaniels than I would be. Because, again, you're so I, much I'm used to give yeah. him next season, too. I want to see. That's fair. Because uh, I've been, I, I will be the first to admit, and you're right, I have been. I've been very critical of Josh this year. I have. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's been very inconsistent. I think that it's it's I think he may have got exposed a little bit. I have I'll be the first to admit it. I've been extremely critical of Josh this year. I am yeah. willing I want to see what I I'm I'm I hope the Pats can make a deep. I would love to see them go on a good playoff run here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be good for the whole team. I think actually they should move on from Josh McDaniels. Or actually, rather that Josh McDaniels should move on from them. I think that Josh McDaniels is going to have this one chance. Because here's the thing. Josh McDaniels, if he decides to be an offensive coordinator again, he'll never get another chance at head coaching, I don't think. Nope. He kind of he burned this, a few this bridges. Is his, what, this this offseason is his own. This is his last He has chance. to leave. Yeah, if this, he's, this is if he wants to be a head coach, he has to leave. Unless he wants to be the head coach of the Patriots, in which case you're going to be waiting a long time, and that's whatever. Maybe that's his plan. But if you ever want to be a head coach for another team, this is your only chance. Like if Because if you do it next year, you're going to be invested in the Patriots. No one's going to want you anymore, uh, especially if you have more problems with Mac Jones, So which they haven't had that many. But if they have any problems with Mac Jones at all, he'll be heavily scrutinized. Whereas now he's still kind of remembered as the Super Bowl winning coach from the 2016 uh, victory against we, the Falcons. Hey, we have breaking news. Ooh, what? What's going on? Antonio Brown has officially been cut from the Bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they announced we knew it, it was going to come. Yeah, probably. It's official. Antonio Brown has been has been released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is no longer a Buck. Now it's now, official. Well, let me ask you this about him really quick. Now that he's officially released, right, would you, would you want to sign him? Because – like if you're a team in the playoffs right now, or actually, can they sign him? Can they even sign him? Or is that a foolish he's question? He's released. He's done. So he's he, released. He's, so he's just released. They, so they, the Buccaneers. This is, yeah, this is. They could sign him, maybe. This is official as of 19 minutes ago. Antonio Brown has officially been released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he probably can't go to the Raiders. He can't go to the Steelers. He can't go to the Patriots. He can't go to the Buccaneers now. It's four. The Rams pick him up. <laughs> well, he has history with the Pats. He has played for us before. Yeah, but I thought I thought Belichick was like, get this guy the hell out of here. I thought was that not the no, case? No, that was Kraft. Kraft actually made oh. that call. Rob Kraft was like, we don't need the drama. We don't or we don't want 
even we don't even we don't we don't want even the slightest about it. But he does. He's the craziest part. He's he still does have respect for him because they told him maybe like we, until you we can't have you around here until you solve your stuff because of the allegations. But the allegations turned out to be he was innocent. So that's what I mean. Maybe so, actually you're right. That's interesting. Mm. Ab Ab could help the Patriots. They need a number one receiver. And you want to talk about imagine like he blow the top if off. If AB defense. could keep his head screwed on straight, well, he could he could yeah. help the Patriots. He could help the Pats. I think he wants to be treated like a star, but he doesn't necessarily care if he's paid like a star. So you know what I mean? Let's, let's do this. Yeah. We what I want to know. Put it in the comments section. And if you're in the live chat, let me know in the live chat. But put it in the comments section for anybody who, who, uh, anybody yeah, who's listening. Pat's Nation, would you want Antonio Brown for the playoff run? I'm almost inclined to say, let's let's try it. I'm almost inclined, almost. Well, if what he says is true. I don't well and also he's injured. We have to remember that. If he really did roll his ankle, he's injured. So so it might take him a few weeks to come back from that completely. Um, I think that a lot of what was happening with him down in uh, Tampa Bay is he was blowing up. And I think that well, and also another problem too is like John Gruden's gone in in, in uh in Las Vegas. And that was his big guy that he, you know, he would always argue with John Gruden. So maybe he goes back to Las Vegas and says F you to John Gruden. That'd be interesting. Uh, I don't. I yeah, I don't know. Be inclined to say yeah, JD, for the Pats, because he could help a receiver like that could help the Patriots. And it would be a giant fu to Tom if you really, did, you know, because he seems to have bad relationships with people well, on their way out. But, but my question is, would he hinder anything that the Pats got going on? Would he hinder the development of Mac Jones? I lean to say probably not because of probably Bel- not because Belichick would squash that in a heartbeat. Yeah, he'd be like, all right, see ya. <laughs> so no yeah it's uh i'm it's, almost it's inclined to say yeah i'm i'm almost inclined to say yeah let's let's see what we can do <laughs> let's see what we can do because the patriots fans it's for the year have been saying they need a true number one ab's talent automatically makes him a true he is a true number one receiver he is he i mean he is he, he is uh he I feel like he wants to be a number one too. He probably got really mad with his role in the Buccaneers being the third option a lot of times, uh, and yeah, that that probably did not did not help uh, the situation too. He probably was complaining about not getting the ball as much. I heard there was some complaints about uh, some sort of. See, here's the thing. This is why there's. This is why I talked about earlier. There was so much contention on the sideline. It's impossible for us to say exactly what did or didn't happen because. People, yeah. the first report was that Antonio Brown was angry and upset with the coaches about not giving him a certain amount of catches yeah, so that he would cash in on they his three hundred thousand. The original bonus, report basically. made it painted it as it's all AB's fault. And then, and then, yeah, and then that report. Well, well, and also there was a bonus at hand where they were saying, "Oh, AB is complaining that he's not going to get his bonus." And then the next report was, "Oh, he just randomly complaining it." And then, and then he said, "Well, no, there was an injury." It's like there's so much crap going on, on that sideline. We don't know what was said until like they're mic'd up and we can hear exactly what was actually said. We won't know who was completely right or wrong. All we know is that 
people got really pissed off and said some mean things to each other. And all of a sudden, like now AB's off the team. So it's just like, yeah, don't trust the mainstream media. You don't, you just can't, you literally can't because they don't always e have no, an agenda. Don't ever listen for anything. Don't even, ever. don't even watch it. Do your own, turn it do off. Do your own research. YouTube or and watch Rumble. Us. That's it. Watch us you, on YouTube and Rumble. You should just it. watch us and just that's not it. do your, and, and not watch the mainstream. Absolutely. It's just it's terrible. The they lie about everything. Gonna, the mainstream. The, here's what here's what the difference between the podcasters and the true fans that do this on the podcast, right? The um, mainstream has an agenda. Podcast Always. podcasters are true fans that have no agenda, and they're gonna give it to you whatever your team is. Go find a podcast that's not mainstream media. Go find you know what I mean. Go outside of the mainstream media because it's terrible. Love you too, Rick. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like, exactly. Like, uh, there's so many good podcasts out there that don't even have, like, don't even, they're not even on Apple sometimes, but there's so many of them out there. They're all over the place, actually. Some of them are on Apple, but like, and then if you compare these passionate fans, not even just us, but like, there's a lot of really good ones. These passionate fans versus the mainstream. The mainstream is so, like, they're always blowing smoke. It's in driven. And it's so not so much nonsense. The only agenda that a true fan has is they want their team to be better. Like Skip Bayless and, and Stephen A. Smith even even admitted on different both in separate interviews that they just say things based on like what their producers talk about what they should say. All right, you say yeah. this and I'll say this, and then we'll argue with each other. People are not into that type of fake, you know, old school like no. sensationalism. We no. want passion man we want real yeah. like we're mad about this because our team is not doing x y and z and we want to you know change the conversation that's that's like that's the difference in the main the mainstream wants to frame the conversation we want to change the conversation there's there's definitely a huge difference um and i think that's a lot of a lot of really good independent youtubers and other content creators uh especially in the sports podcast space they're very raw that's good so let's stick with the nfl real quick who Who's your pick for NFL MVP right now? Um, well, it has to be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, either Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. It has to be Aaron Rodgers. I know I saw somebody say, uh, somebody in Chicago, this clown, said something like Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be the MB MVP or something like that. Did you read the reports that he, the that the guy, the guy, there was is like this something one. Stupid? So there's, so this is how ridiculous like the like mainstream media is, guys. Let's just give you a prime example, right? There is this one guy that wouldn't vote that won't vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP because he says he's a bad guy. Listen, personal choices need to be left aside. Can the guy play football really good? It's it's unbelievable that these people and this is it drives me nuts. These are the type of people that get to decide Hall of Fame votes, MVPs, big huge decisions that should be left entirely up to the fans are are made by these small little sports writers on these on these select radio stations on yeah. like two or three radio stations. It's ridiculous. These people are clowns because he doesn't agree with Aaron Rodgers is whatever Personal his decisions. his decisions that, yeah. that we're not even allowed to actually talk about period so like but they do anyway so because he's mad about that and he wants to make it all political he's going to he's going to call him a jerk and say that he's not the MVP let me explain something to everybody i'm a bears fan i hate aaron rodgers i <laughs> one time and i and i felt like a scumbag for a while one time i cheered a little bit 
that he, for a second, then I felt bad when he broke his collarbone. Because I didn't realize he broke his collarbone. I just saw him down on the ground. He was just like, ah, you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, get down there, Rodgers. I was all mad. Then he realized he's hurt. I'm like, all right, well, hope you get better. But, yeah, next time. Yeah, you know, that's what you get for, for playing the Bears. <laughs> anyway, so I have I have, I have attacked Aaron Rodgers. I've been like, you know, F you, Aaron Rodgers. I've, you know, all this stuff. And I think it's the most ridiculous thing. He's playing with, with four, he has four injuries in the offensive line. He has a rookie on the offensive line. He has, he, yeah, his receivers backups, are right? hurt. He's and in playing COVID with four protocol. backup offensive linemen, right? Correct. Correct. He has a broken toe for five games so far, five games in a row since the Bears games. He's had a broken toe and he's still shitting on the entire league. Just pulling down his pants and taking a giant crap with a broken foot. He doesn't care. He is clearly the MVP. If it's not him, it's Derek Carr. And the only reason it's Derek Carr is because his entire franchise is crumbling around him and he is still willing still his producing. team to the playoffs. And so those are the producing. only ones. It, it, Tom Brady is, a, is is in the third, but he's I would never consider him above Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers this year. Put it this way, right? You take Derek Carr out of the Raiders, where would they be? Oh god, a lot of top bottom three. Oh, dude, they'd be a bottom they'd be a bottom four, bottom five team at the most. Like they they would be terrible if you take Carr out of out of out of Vegas. Oh yeah, he says, uh Cab's family said Jonathan Taylor hurt his chance. Jonathan Taylor, it's the thing, it's like Jonathan Taylor is an incredible talent. But oh, I would almost give it to Derrick Henry before I give it to him. I, I Derrick Henry and him are the two best running backs in the league. Oh, yeah. And it's They're not incredible. Even, and like number three, it's like Henry at number one, Taylor at number two, and number three is like a mile down the list. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, I don't even know who number three is. It's but it's <laughs> but you know it's it's like, like like those two guys are up top here. Like Henry's so high. Henry's number one, Taylor's behind him at number two, and then the rest of the like it, it, absolutely it's, when it it's comes, impressive. Yeah, it's it's it is like those two guys are that impressive. They're they're very very good. Yeah, but they're incredible I, players. I, I'm going to agree with you, man. I R Rogers Rogers is is the he's playing on another freaking level right now. Brady's Ooh, in the mixing, yeah. Brady's on the conversation right. Brady's in the conversation right now. Um, but just 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 Rogers is. How many games has Rodgers put that team on his back and said, we are not losing this game? That game against the Cardinals yeah. ended the Cardinals season. It pretty, I mean, they. I think they might make the playoffs maybe, but wait, I don't even know. But they. it, it pretty much No, they'll make it, the playoffs, but he changed. He The he momentum like, was yeah. shattered after that. He did that. something like, to that team, yeah. He left a terrible taste in their mouth that was that was such an Aaron Rodgers game that he was just like nope we're gonna win no nah, it's okay we'll still win nothing you could do to stop him he made some ridiculous throws just but insane that, that scenario that scenario that we talked about right that scenario that we talked about with Brady under two minutes to go 97 yards right mm -hmm. there in the last in the last 20 years JD there's five quarterbacks that you would want in, that you would want uh, leading. There's four. Probably, probably. No, let me let me let me take that back. Even even more. There's there's three in the last twenty years. Brady, 
Rodgers, and Breeze. The last Maybe 20 years? Drew Breeze. Maybe not even Drew Manning? Breeze. Manning? And in the last 20, we could probably fit Manning in there, too. We, we could I was probably say put, Manning. We could probably. So here's the list. But There's yeah. four. There's four, right? Breeze, There's yeah. four. Brady, Manning, Rodgers, Breeze. That's yeah, it. I think that's fair. That's yeah, it. yeah, that's that's the top four. And honestly, you could argue it's you could argue it's the uh, the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. You really could, uh, which is crazy. But uh, you could argue it. You could. I mean, those those four guys, right? Those 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 guys are l- light years. Uh, if the, if you said, "What do you want?" You got ninety seven yards. You got ninety three yards to go. You got under two minutes, and you got no timeouts. What quarterback you want? I would be willing to say 80% of an asked audience would say Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rogers. Yeah. I, I'd go probably Brady, then Manning, then Rogers for that scenario specifically. And for the first three quarters, I'd go Aaron Rodgers regardless. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care who is on the field. Aaron Rodgers for the three, first three quarters is a freak. Like we like we've talked about it before. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. Brady's greatest attribute is his longevity. Oh yeah, definitely is his longevity. His leadership availability is the best thing you can. If you're available, and you know, you know, like that hardworking, the play. Uh, he's he's he hasn't been injured. He hasn't been hurt th- a lot through his whole career at all. What's good, Enzo? What's good? Hey, holy shit, Enzo in that. Wow, I haven't seen him in a... What up, dude? What's going on, man? Thanks for stopping in. But yeah, like those... It's it's just... The MVP has got to be Rodgers. It has It has. I, I think it has to be Rodgers, too, because... Uh, because of the injuries, I think because of the injuries specifically, uh, all the injuries he's had on his team, even Adams was out for two weeks. So, and he still gets it done. He gets it done with Randall Cobb. He gets it done with Lazard. He gets it done with, uh, uh, what's the other guys? Uh, Richard Rogers. He gets it done with all these guys. And he, he can beat you in so many ways uh, with the football. And I think that Rodgers, better than any other quarterback in the history of the league, he puts the balls in place. He puts the ball in places. Um, and we're seeing some of these young guys start to do it because they, they're watching Aaron Rodgers their whole life. Uh, but Rodgers consistently for 15 years put the ball in places that I don't know if any other quarterback could in some places. Like I remember this one play against Adams. He was triple covered against the Cardinals. And he just threw it, you know, he just throws threaded, it anyway. Threaded the needle. Yep. yep. I'm like any other quarterback that's intercepted, even Brady that's intercepted, even Manning that's intercepted, but Rogers somehow gets it in there. Unbelievable. I don't even understand it. It's, it's, it's been a lot of, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch him play. Like he's, it he's, he's an fun. incredible talent on the football field, but if he, if he doesn't win, if he doesn't win, I would like to see Jonathan Taylor win it because that kid is. You want to talk about a kid that's burst onto the scene and left a mark? Absolutely. Oh, he he needs to get some recognition this year for sure. Um, I'd like to see him do it next year. Uh, I don't want to hand it. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't want to give it to him because there. I feel like it's it's for me. It's Rogers or Carr, but I, I know what you mean. Taylor definitely is. It should be third probably. He is. He's been something special, and, and also he's he's given the Colts the stability they needed to to gain an identity because 
Wentz plays so much better when Taylor plays better. Uh, or when ta- excuse me, when Taylor plays well. So having Taylor as as you can lean on when you're Carson Wentz, that that is a special. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about that, Enzo. Uh, yeah, no, I've heard. Yeah, her. I've yeah, I've heard her st- her stories. That's 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 unfortunate, man. I'm sorry, dude. Rest For in real. peace, my condolences. That's awful. But uh, but yeah, I, I was I was just saying that it is it is um, it's definitely uh, it's a talent thing. It's definitely like, Rogers like so talent. I agree with you too that Jonathan Taylor needs some recognition. That kid is yes, he is that he's going to be a really good running back for a really long time. Oh yeah, Wisconsin guy. He's from this area, so he is something something special. Uh, but you got anything else, JD? Oh no, man! It's it's uh, been quite an interesting podcast. Uh, sorry for all the uh, losses in the chat. I definitely, will pray for you guys. You know that's that's not uh, it's never fun to lose close, someone close to you. I know that definitely for sure. But no, I, I don't have anything. Um, uh, let, let me think here. I, I, Luka Doncic had a quite a good game the other day. Um, Steph Curry's been unbelievable. It's it's been amazing. The uh, just we're in a, such a good sports time, so I really want to soak it in. Uh, it's really nice, and I can't wait for Wild Card Weekend. Um, but yeah, prayers up for for the loss and everybody and the, and the families that are going through that. Um, all I have to say for you, my friend, to, to close out this episode is bear down, baby. And we're we're coming back for week week is it week eighteen? <laughs> week eighteen? Yeah, week eighteen. <laughs> we're gonna beat the crap out of those giant or those uh those Vikings, man. And uh, Valhalla talk Sports, if you're listening to, talk right here, about buddy. being able to end the season on a high note. Say it again. What, what was it? I'll say Valhalla Sports. You're going down right here, buddy. Let's go. Bear down. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I'll take it to you. Get the seventh win. That would be a good way to end the season for you guys to beat a beat a beat a rival last game of the year. I would love that. We need to win division games. I don't care if we win out of division games. Sometimes but we have to win those division games. But like, uh, so just to, just to like before we close it, Harbaugh would be a very interesting pick for the Bears. That would, I think that um, please. I think Please, that would God. work really well for them. I really do. I, I think Harbaugh would, if if he chooses to go somewhere, he should give Chicago some serious consideration. Hell yeah, I I, I would. I mean, I really hope he does. I re- that seriously would be. I'd be jumping for joy. I'm gonna make a reaction video, just freaking out if we get Jim Harbaugh. I promise you, I'm gonna freak out uh, because that would be the biggest hire of my lifetime. Like seriously, we we have we've we've hired terrible coaches. We yeah. really have ever since well, Lovey Smith. It's terrible, and that's and that's that's a guy with legit like you know what I mean like that that's a legitimate hire. That's a that's. I believe we're going to the Super Bowl with Jim Harbaugh. I believe it. Like maybe not next year, but I believe if we get Jim Harbaugh, I believe we're going to see a Super Bowl within the next five years. Like that's going to happen. What up, Missy B? Better late than never. Absolutely, it's going to be well, on iHeartRadio tonight. Up, we yeah. appreciate you showing up. Heck yeah. But that's going to do it for tonight, guys. And episode 23 of the I-90 Sports Podcast. We appreciate you. Once again, me and JD would uh would like to thank anybody who's listening to this on uh, iHeart. Much, much appreciated. Absolutely. So for thank those you of you listening back on iHeart, the show, the live show is broadcast on Beantown Breakdown and I-90 Sports Talk. Um, and then 
my boy, my buddy JD over here does the edited clips uh, as well. So if you want to just watch a single section or a single segment that we do on the show, that'll that's up on his channel as well. I ninety uh, I ninety Sports Talk. That's that's going to be up there as well. But once again, guys, uh, we couldn't do this without you guys. We appreciate all the support and uh, banging them out, man. Twenty three in the books on the way to a hundred. And uh, we will catch all of you guys again. Go patch JD, hit him with it. Bear down. Let's do 24 for Kobe. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Go Pats, bear down. We love you guys. We're bear out down. of here. Going down, Valhalla. <laughs>